That is a threesome going on with what looks like a a a Zelda monster. Okay, that's what that is. What? Uh, some people, you know, yeah, it crosses your feed, and you look at it, and you go, ah, oh, yeah, you're definitely the person that liked that. Yep. I can predict it. I can I can look at it. I can look at the activity feed and I don't even have to I don't even have to guess. Hey, who who liked that one? Oh, I know who that was. It's feed. It was a ret. What? Yeah. I've seen it. Don't worry. It's okay. No judging. It's fine. My 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 who retweeted that Twitter game has gotten harder now cuz I'll be scrolling. Twitter's dumb. Why do you scroll up from the bottom like I feel like Tweets should appear at the bottom in the whole, up end of the whole thing. But yeah. anyways, I'll see, I'll see the bottom of a picture, and it'll be someone from Licorice Recoil, and I'll have like a one in four chance of guessing who oh. retweeted Whoa. it. Oh, that that <laughs> one's tough right now. That one, but because like, even John, I even just, John has become one of them. And I'm like, I oh, just geez. I just guess John most of the time, and I've got about a fifty percent chance of getting it right. <laughs> I've got like there's the Yuri guy, there's John, there's like the Genshin Impact guy is also doing licorice recoil. It's just like it's everywhere. I, I looked can't. at t- my Tumblr. I looked at my Tumblr for the first time in like a couple months, mm-hmm. and I just I just have all the same accounts followed from the Purge back in the day, and the second post was licorice recoil, and I'm just like, yeah, that tracks. I I can't wait to watch that show and then not actually have any Yuri in it whatsoever. Because I know nothing about it, and I know that people just love to overplay this shit with their shipping. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, I can't wait till like, literally nothing happens. Oh, or, I don't expect anything to happen. Or that I the expect... show is literally not that. That's well, that's what I'm see. waiting for. That's that's what I'm waiting for. I mean, for. even if it's not, I've got mountains and mountains of fan art. Yeah. It's on my to-watch list, so... Hey, I'll get around to it. I'll wait, until, I'll wait and see if y'all like it. There you go. You'll just keep making <laughs> making your own alternate universe. <laughs> one one anime expert I listened to called the show like calculated. Like oh, they took everything no. otaku like and put it oh, in a blender. Oh <laughs> no. This sounds like me poison. So we'll see. Life is good. It can be. It can be. They're coming through clearly, right? I'm not no, using Oh, you're fine. Mic. You're good. You're good. Yeah, okay. Popping a cold one. Louder, right? you, you were popping a cold one. What it sounded <laughs> that was like. A snap. Okay. Oh, it sounded like you were just popping a cold one. Just popping a cold one with just the boys. Casual. I mean, I'm going to halfway through the show. I'm just going to go grab a big old beer and crank <laughs> it on back for the second half of the show. Why not? Oh, got a got a plot twist. Got yeah, not a plot twist. Got a live tweet that was that was like, mm, I don't know about this after Uh-oh. watching episode twelve. Oh no! We shall see. Well then, (laughs) that's that's interesting. Ah, it doesn't matter. It it could be. It could literally be anything. Nah, see, this person's just mad. Person's just mad that their 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 ship wasn't the right one or something. That's usually how that shit always is. You know, it's like how you're gonna tell me, darling, in the Franks is you know the hottest fucking <laughs> oh LGBT, God, so the hottest fucking <laughs> LGBT fucking trans show on the planet, darling, in the fucking Franks. Okay. Out of, oh my God, anime fans, what is your problem? Please. This is why I'm not in any communities. 
Send I watch an, from afar. Send an email to polly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net and explain to me how Darling in the Franks is the number one fucking best goddamn <laughs> LGBT pro-trans fucking show. After, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's literally like, I swear, Shinzo Abe literally probably produced that shit. Yeah, I'm sure. It's definitely LGBT friendly. I didn't... It wasn't until you got mad about that that I actually realized that the that the thing in the title is to have XX yes! in the, the title. Yes! It's, it's very, fuck. yeah. It's very on the fucking nose! Like, I'm fine, like, if you're too dumb to get the point of a show, but to, it's like rewriting it in your brain and then going to Twitter and proclaiming your read, which is so fucking off the mark. To, to just be, like, this is the read right here, everybody. About to make myself look like a fucking doofus. Let's go, Darling in the Franks. Number one LGBT show on the planet. <laughs> Don't know why I chose that to, to be upset about. But it's good energy going into SoxCast episode 60, where I make fun of all of your anime opinions. That should be a thing. Where, like, I wish I wish I as, as an affiliate I wish I still had channel redeems so I could just have one that's like I will review the anime you tell me to review and even if I don't know anything about it I'll just kind of like look at <laughs> look at the mal page absorb oh, it a little bit of you. and make my own review of it regardless of if I've think, seen it or not I think John has some practice with that you could ask him later yeah. <laughs> oh yeah 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 you want like if there's anybody that is real good at reviewing shit sight unseen and just being so fucking earnest just <laughs> earnest about it no 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 better choice than john no better choice than john on that one he he looked at the mail page but but it was a fake edit that i did oh I did not actually read, i did not actually read the real mail page ah <laughs> <sighs> yeah so here we are here we are again once again again and again and again Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's a that's that's uh, kind of like the lyrics to an Alice in Chains song called "Again." By the way, ah. yeah, the the chorus goes again and again and again and again and again and again. Nailed it! I did. I was a very good Lane Staley. We need an instrumental say. now to put over that. I fucking dare you! <laughs> it wasn't on time, so you'd have to you'd have to quantize it and make it. Damn sa- it! Yeah. I purposefully did it out of rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but hey, welcome to a podcast. We're here. And as always, I've got I've got two numb nuts with me to my immediate virtual right. (laughs) Hey, Rhett. Hey, Rhett. Hey, Rhett. Okay. In in what way are you like Contra 3? Hmm. I I actually want to think about this. Okay. 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 Uh. I have three difficulty modes, and the lo- the last one is actually pretty hard. That's, that's you know what? That's a solid guess. But I was going to say uh, to get the true ending, you got to play on hard. <laughs> okay, we were kind of going in the you same direction. You were in the right direction there, yeah. Like all those Konami games of that time, can only get the true ending on hard mode. I went with Contra Three because I don't know, like, who out there has you know, like, not everybody's heard of Axel A, and since we've got like thousands of people downloading this a week. True. There's um, a true ending in Axley. Yeah, I don't think you get nor I don't think you get the actual ending on normal. 
I think there's a tiny little extra fight at the end. I think Rocket Knight Adventure yeah. does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah, definitely their fight. Axelay's ending is already so much. I know that like Contra 3 just straight up is like, hey, that. go play on hard mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know a oh, lot yeah, of three is a lot of Konami games at the time did that. Mm. All right, all right. And to my immediate virtual left, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, it's John Thayer. That's me. That is you. How are you I'm, doing? I'm doing pretty well today. Doing all right. Like a long walk. Mm-hmm. A, um, I finished a game yesterday, so I just feel like complete. Mm. Um, I finished a, pro- a creative project, so mm. I just feel like complete spiritual freedom and release of like oh okay because i actually did kind of just hammer at it for like two weekends in a row oh yeah <laughs> and i was yeah. starting to get a little worn out now i'm like yes i got started on my next uh on my next game release uh Fuck yeah, yeah I, I started on that last week i sent uh, an early alpha out to some folks got some feedback took the feedback and i know where i want to go with it from now and and the best thing about it is it's like usually when i'm making games like i feel like i've got to just stick with it like Mm-hmm. Just stay, just hammer on that shit because I feel it like at any point that creative energy is just going to slide right through your fingers, right? Yeah. Because that happened with ASDF and it happened with Luigi, so that's why those games got made in like two and four days. Because I was just mm-hmm. like, I, if I don't do this now, but uh, the new one, it's like, oh, you know what? I feel like I can relax on this because I feel like the vision is strong. Like the way that the game feels is strong. I know exactly what I want to do with it. And, and, nice. also, and it's also it's one of those out. games where it's like, all right, I got to make a lot of assets for this, don't I? Uh, oh, oh, God. Hell. <laughs> that, yeah, asset hell is the word. It's like, and even though it's <laughs> just like, it's just, oh, cool, I got to go steal a bunch of sprites from shit. It's like having to sit down and make those sprites and then animate them and then make get them in, the get them maker. into Game Maker and, you know, mm-hmm. get, a, get all that image stuff working right, making sure all your facing and directional shits work. Yeah, just doing mm-hmm. all that. Can be a little bit it's a little more involved but i like i said like the the vision's there feeling good about it big stupid shit post energy <laughs> good yes it's kind of that's, that's where i thrive only reason that's the only reason to make video games is to it is yeah. it is fuck no. making money you don't need to make money, money. make video you games you. scope small <laughs> make small fun dumb <laughs> things that people can play in like five minutes and they'll be like hey i smiled today God. I was at work the other day and I had an idea and I was like super like 10 out of 10 inspired mm-hmm. and kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. By the end, I was just like, the scope got too big. Fuck this. Oh, see, you didn't oh. take John's advice. You should have, you should have bookmarked just, those just tweets. Having it happen over the course of like 20 minutes was kind of ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. oh, I had an idea for how to do it perfectly and it's way too much work. Oh, oh. ain't that always the worst? Ain't that always? I feel that. Well, don't say that online, because then people will yell at you. People will yell at you. Like, what kind of fucking hack game developers are yelling at you for giving good advice? Give me their names. I'll name every single one of them. I'll name and shame every single one. (laughs) Who the fuck am I? Why should anybody care? (laughs) I'll do it anyway. I'll still say your name and call you a hack. (laughs) But just know that, like, I'm fucking nobody, and it probably means nothing. (laughs) Game dev having a real one right now, because GTA 6 leaking. That's pretty funny. And people are, but people are looking at the footage that's obviously like 
properly pre-alpha and yeah, be like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't look as good. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Some of the shit's not taxed why, why does it look like a PS2 game? God, I fucking wonder why a game that is literally starting development might not look fucking AAA yet. Like, they think graphics are, like, the first thing. When oh you can like lit- you can literally see AI routines on the screen. Yeah, like the, the, <laughs> like, you've got AI routines. You've got AI routines literally crashing the whole time. <laughs> That's my favorite. Just errors and crashes all over the place. And I, God, why isn't it great? Why isn't it the second coming? Like ah, fucking. It's like oh, this is why like game development is super super secret because people cannot stand how the sausage gets made. No, like you cannot show people what a video game looks like mid development because it's just like yeah, you will like they will run to the hills. Like Kotaku will be posting articles about wow, this game that's got five hundred million dollars behind it looks like crap right now, and it's been in development for three whole months. <laughs> Whereas, like, when a movie leaks, it's like, yep, that sure is the actor standing on a set, you know? Yep, there sure is no bully work whatsoever. But games have to be made from nothing. Yeah, yeah. So they look look very fucking strange when in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty weird. Oh, God. I like seeing, um, I liked, um... One one thought I saw, that was like, gamers see developers as instead of just yelling at them work faster they know they're not supposed to say that now so now it's why don't you just show us the show us the game show us the game um as if they as if the game is finished and the developer's yeah. job is to just withhold it withhold it until the time is Malici- right maliciously <laughs> when god tells me that i can bless the earth with with call of duty 7 that is when it will be out Brett! not a second sooner yeah what are you doing Oh, we're starting with me, huh? We're starting with you. I mean, we don't have to. No, we, we can just get these over with. <laughs> I like how you're making this sound like it's going to be... Where, where's... Oh, is there misery I got some spice. I got some spice this week. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. You got some spice. We'll get, uh, some, we'll get some wolf, and it'll be a, a, a decent didn't anime. Didn't they announce a new season of that? They did, I think. And then the, like, the writer huh? did like World End Economica, which I don't think anybody read, because it was mm. a visual novel, and nobody likes to read. You can't make people read that's a bad idea yeah uh i finished xenoblade 3 uh-huh okay let's do it let's dive uh, in this is this is a weird one where it's like i like this game and it was profoundly disappointing oh it's just a lot all at once so it's like i i wrote a mock mock-up game of the year list already and like this one could be near the top and it could be near the bottom. There's like a big swing on how I'm feeling when that day comes. Right. Um, like that sounds like me to thinking about Xenoblade X. Uh, which I believe did not make your top 10 at all. It did not. That was my that was the I, swing. I haven't played as many many games this year, so it's probably going to be on there and I did enjoy it, but. OK, um, this is why I maybe didn't want to start. Um, We've all played Xenoblade One. That's a good. We've all played good Xenoblade One. Damn Everyone video Soxcast approved. Yeah, it's true. The, the very rare nowadays Soxcast approved. Yeah, game. it's pretty rare. Um, it. <laughs> I had an idea of what happened at the end of that game mm-hmm. that is not the canon explanation anymore. Oh. Um. So I, 
my interpretation, I know I'm spoiling the end of Xenoblade 1 as delicately as I can oh, right now. Okay. Um, gotcha. My interpretation of the end of Xenoblade 1 is that a new world was created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, I thought John might agree with me because we both played the Wii version. Mm-hmm. Polly saying, yeah, is like, wait, what? No, I, <laughs> because I totally like that's the vibe I got from it. Okay. How was I? So, what, what else? What, okay. No, no. Okay. Well, then what's future connected? Boring. Uh, but I doesn't mean, it take... Does future connected not take place on Bionis sh- uh, the shoulder? I don't even remember, honestly. Oh, jeez. Okay. Because, it, like I said, like, future connected just pissed me off. Like, I came away from that game just immediately wanting to forget it because they could have done so much cool shit with Melia and they didn't do a fucking thing. Mm. And it's just like, hey, here's a monster of the week. Okay. They're like, I just... Oh. I, that game is like that. Future Connected has literally been memory hold for just being uh, fucking boring. Oof. And that's the last thing they made before Xenoblade Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're just kind of all in agreement then that the interpretation of Xenoblade One ending was it's a, new, a new, world. new world. Yes, I just okay. I, I, that's that was my read on it. Okay. Oh, uh, he explicitly says a world without gods. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'll just leave that there. When Xenoblade 2 came out, Nintendo was like, this isn't like a sequel to Xenoblade 1. Yeah. They were like, this is a new thing. Don't worry about it. And after Xenoblade X, people believed it because Xenoblade X is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when And then when Xenoblade 3 was coming out, they said, this is a sequel to 1 and 2. Hmm. <laughs> so... I'm not going to go in further as to what that means, but if you've played two, you certainly would have an idea. Mm. I think the connections to one and two that three has massively drag it down and those expectations Mm. from what you'd have going into it after playing two. Like, I feel like Xenoblade three would have been better as a standalone without those connections. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it is a little frustrating where there's points where let's just say fan service occurs uh, and I just immediately light up more. I'm like, Ooh, now we're talking. And this realizing how much I'm uninterested in the Xenoblade three story oh, side, no. just feeling a little bad about that. Mm-hmm. I did. I did mostly warm up on the combat. That that was kind of my main, main gripe last time was mm-hmm. that I started playing on hard and it was obviously way too slow because it's like plus 50% enemy HP and I'm at the start of the game and you don't have nearly any of the abilities. Yeah. But then I played, so I played most of it on normal, but then I also got massively, massively over leveled. Like the main story quest enemies were 23 and I was 53. That's, that's a little excessive, Rhett. Yeah. It's like, it's easiest it's easier to break this one than than any of the others. Mm. Like I think the others. Nah, definitive edition. Definitive edition. You can oh, really? you can literally just crank that down to casual, and then roll oh, roll, okay, up, but... roll up to enemies that are forty levels higher than you, and just power level your way like right at the start if you want. Well, okay. Weird. If you put it on easy, then yes, you can break it. I, Look, I if you're changing you. difficulties to hard, I don't know why you can cha- you can't make changing it to easy also an argument. Okay. I'm saying I pl- I did go back to normal mode afterwards. I okay. feel like that's the only one they really kind of balanced it for. Mm-hmm. But then problem is, is like it won't just be oh you're in a level like the opening region like level and 20 enemies. 
And then you'll be like, oh, there's level 30 enemies over here. And then there's, oh, there's level 40 enemies over here. Oh, there's level 50 enemies. Like, I got all the way up to 80 in, like, the opening area. So it's like, because you're able to kind of incrementally fight stuff Mm -hmm. and keep exploring the world without progressing the main story, that's how I ended up way, way overleveled. Like, I could have gone far. There were level 60 enemies. I could have gone beyond 53. And I was just like, this is getting a bit stupid. Because at that point, it would just be grinding for the sake of grinding. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I remained ahead of the leveling curve the entire rest of the game until the final boss. Mm. <laughs> and I also, uh, there's a mechanic in this one, bonus experience, where you level up characters at, like, the campfires. Mm-hmm. I stopped using that entirely once I, like, realized, oh, I'm 30 levels, that's bad. So even not using that whatsoever, by the end... I could have like popped another 12 levels onto my characters and gone from like 70 to 82, which at that point was, you know, fighting level 70 enemies. It would have put me way ahead of them again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was like, oh, just to keep this remotely balanced, I had to just ignore this one mechanic entirely. (laughs) Like, and it's a little frustrating because I thought Xenoblade 1 was fun for me because it was kind of a slog of combat i didn't feel like i ever fully understood and like it's fucking hard it's fucking hard and confusing and there's a lot in that one that isn't carried over like the ether based enemies that Mm. or ether based enemies (laughs) that (laughs) i want want ether based enemies now (laughs) like there are more enemy variances that like sound based attacks or like not attacks but like the way they aggro you. Yeah. Like everything in this game if it sees you, yeah, they it's just, either aggro or it's not. They just kind of, that that kind of, like that that started yeah. with with I think 2 because they just completely Oh yeah, 2 removed, definitely removed. Yeah. They completely removed like aggroing from sound or sight or or or, mm-hmm. or like ether attacks, yeah. which I think sucks because sometimes I don't want to fucking fight. Mhm. Yeah, I'm saying one was a pain in the ass in that way, but it made it, it had more character to it, I think. Yeah. Where two was a very easy anime game that mm. you kind of didn't kind of brand your way through. But then three, like, made it even easier on normal to where you can just over level it without really trying. Like, if you do any quests, if you use the bonus experience, like, oh, now you're way, way ahead. And because of the whole seven character combat, like, you feel less in control of things than ever. Because 2 had a little more systems in place to control when your char- other characters were doing different attacks mm-hmm. to keep the chains going. Like, you could control that yourself. And this one, like, there's one option of, like, which chain combo do you want to do? Smash or burst? And that's uh, about it. Yeah, they kind of like, like, it's very, it seems very similar to, um, the first game, but a weird compromise with the way 2 works. It's, it's definitely uh, in between those yeah, two. Yeah, like it's but, an in-between. way easier than either of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never... I think... <laughs> this is a weird thought to have, but this one almost made me appreciate field skills being awful in no! two. <laughs> no! Get out! No, that can't be tell a me, valid... Tell me, tell me, tell that me. That can't be a valid criticism. Tell us, tell us, tell us. <sighs> I think this so this one does have a few skills that you can get, but they're like very like on off. Like, oh, you now you can run up sandy slopes. Now you can climb on walls, like kind of Neptunia right. stuff. Yeah. Like very basic interactions. Once you're able to go everywhere, and when the combat's not that hard, and you can kind of 
beat everything. There's just not a lot of texture to the world. Like there's no resistance. Mm -hmm. So I thought field skills, even though they were bad, even though it was like, why, why isn't my water level writing skill high enough for this bullshit? Like by not letting you 100% explore the world. Like open worlds kind of become boring once you've seen everything and it's easier to see everything in this one. Mm. Like two kept more mystery hidden from you a little bit longer i think if that makes sense because a lot of those areas with the field checks i just never went back to them it's like well there's something up there but i don't know what you know Mm -hmm. that said the implementation was fucking awful like it was because yeah it was a system that made me not want to explore the world and just mainline the story Mm -hmm. but then maybe mainlining the story is the better play (laughs) it's weird because um in Blade x something i really liked about it the field the the field skills suck because they like block treasure chests, which mm-hmm. is boring. Yeah, but the way that they block like traversal is um just verticality. Like you'll have this mm. big cliff, and to get up on top of it, you ru- you have to follow like this really winding path from way somewhere else. And like that was the kind of the resistance was in. And sometimes it's just you can't get up there until you get the upgraded mech, and then you can't get up yeah. there until you can fly. But with a lot of the times, it's there is a way up there, but you have to take a long way around. And I thought that was mm. really cool. I really appreciated that. There's some of that kind of stuff in this one. Like I did, ex- I did enjoy exploring the world. That's probably why I got so over leveled towards the start. Is like I wasn't being grabbed by the story, but ooh, there's a tower over there. Let's go see what that is. You know that kind of stuff. But I also don't think it's like actually a super particularly interesting open world where you kind of figure out what like the five types of collectibles there are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just repeat that the whole time mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, there's a treasure chest. Oh, there's a dead body. Like dead bodies become like kind of a collectible. Yeah. Cause your characters, it's weird. Like your characters will play like the song to see them off and they disappear in a ball of light and then you get affinity points. Yay. <laughs> Trading human life for affinity points. This it's, is what you're worth. You're worth. It's a little weird being like, <laughs> you're worth went, twenty affinity points. Thanks for your service, friend. But then a few times there's like mass graves, not not graves, oh, but like God, and there'll be like ten, ten, ten dead bodies all at once. And you'll play a song, and you'll get fifty affinity. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> An affinity in these games, like yeah, especially the first also, one, just just feels stupid. It's like a cool. It's obviously something the designer of these games. I don't know the names are of. They just they really, they really care about. They really thought that like I cared about any of the NPCs in that first game, and it's just like, nah, dog. I'd never looked at that affinity menu after the first time. You can zoom out like the world map in this to the affinity chart and have a map of every single character in the game. Once again, it's all still here. Like that is a core tenant of Xenoblade. Even Who I've never does this? <laughs> Who does this? Well, when this game has like 190 side quests, maybe there are some people doing it. That's the other thing is like a lot of people are like, well, I was disappointed about the ending. But the side quests that I did after beating the game, A-plus stuff there. And I'm just like, I don't know. You, you fooled me once again. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I haven't said I'm not going to play the Xenoblade 3 post-game, 
But then I tra- started Trails of Sky 4, or Trails of Cold Steel 4, mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, I don't oh, have hey, time like, I can do both. <laughs> how about I play a good video game that I know isn't maybe, likely to disappoint me? Maybe I'll uh, get back to this side quest grinding later, because there is one thing I still want to see, because it involves Senna, mm-hmm. who is not the best character, but she's cute. <laughs> we like Senna a lot. We were big Senna stands. We here. like Senna a lot. We were very disappointed that she really doesn't do a damn thing in the story. I kind of figured that that was going to be her character, though. Like, she just has that, like, like they're, like, like I think yeah. that, like, she suffers from Tales of design, where she is a character that's got a really <laughs> cool look, but I know just looking at you that, that the writers had fucking nothing for you. Oh. Everybody has, like, a main, like... I'm not sure what they were called, Ascension Quest mm-hmm. or something, even though that term isn't in the game. I don't know why people started calling it that. Mm-hmm. So it's like Side Story Senna is like not actually focused on her. No! But like, it, re- <laughs> it really is like focused on these other two other characters. It's really funny. Oh, that's trash. She's just, she's just watching them the whole time and then kind of has a few lines of dialogue at the end. I was like, but it's also, it's also, I would say one of the better things in the whole game. So it was also like, why isn't this main story quest? Like there are moments where it's like the side stories become better than main story content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was that one in particular is weird because it's like, oh, this really, really should have been part of the main story. There's even like, I don't know. Um, so combat is fine. One problem I had with the combat is that the chain attacks are too important and they take forever and you see them a lot. Yeah. And this is the most damning part. They overwrite the boss music. Oh, God. In every case, except the final boss. That's But there's this one moment where they're playing this really sad, dramatic music for, you know, (laughs) this this really tragic boss fight, and then as soon as you press start to start the chain attack, it's like, oh, it just completely ruins the mood. And then it goes back to the sad music once it ends. Oh, I'm just like, And seeing that they had the sense to not do that during the final boss of all things, it's like, okay, you really should have done it for like this one like the song that plays in like one fight in the entire game playing Ari- fighting fighting Genova after Eris dies and it and, and it then plays you get, yeah, the, you get the special limit break theme where it's like yeah but <laughs> imagine the limit break theme then lasting like five minutes because these chain attacks are not short <laughs> if you're doing like four or five rounds like yeah. they go on like the animations are nice but I'm mashing co- controller buttons like oh there's just absolutely no way to skip huh <laughs> like attacks that are like significantly more extravagant than like Neptunia or Cold Steel's Oof. limit break stuff. Oof. So like min maxing the combat is like getting good at chain attacks, like doing figuring out the math of those, which is like a system I liked in Xenoblade 2, but it's like takes a while. It's a lot of the combat in this one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my main problem with the story to wrap this up was just, it has its moments for sure. There's a moment like two thirds of the way through that is like stunning and mm-hmm. it's like two hours long. Oh, and it's like a pretty big, big chunk of story that you can't back out of once you're in it. 
and you know i'm crying at the end during these boss fights <laughs> and then and then the game loses momentum for like the last third until the ending <laughs> and then the ending fight is also amazing which is good mm. But also, so the the last boss took me like about an hour and a half, and apparently you can die in it. And there's one part, there's one part that's a bit of a gotcha oh, that no. people are definitely dying on. And I, when I saw it happen, I went, "Oh shit!" Like I have to pay attention. Well, it's, that's the problem. It's like it's not even like I have to pay attention here. It's like my party setup is either going to get through this or not, because the combat kind of always felt like playing itself. Yeah. So luckily, even though I was like three levels under the final boss, the the only enemy in the whole game that I was under leveled for, <laughs> I managed to win. I was like, yes, that felt perfect for me and me only, because <laughs> I've seen a lot of people bitching about that yeah, fight. Yeah. And then a lot of people don't like the actual ending where I was like, well, given everything, I thought the ending was like 10 out of 10, you know, hmm. it's just the whole story conceptually felt very flawed to me mm. weird we're like i don't think this was the intention but it almost feels like one of those sequels that is like giving you a middle finger of what fans wanted oh like like the way they were like oh it's a sequel to one and two and then double middle finger just kidding not in the way you think it is <laughs> That's a weird vibe to get accidentally. I yeah, think. I, like I, I, I don't, I, I don't really know how it's... you accidentally stumble into that. I do know that like there was a lot of disappointment that XC two was not a direct sequel to XC one. I do know that people mm -hmm. were very pissed when Future Connected didn't directly tie into or lead into XC three. Oh God! So it, that would have been wild. <laughs> I mean, I there could maybe be something like that there, but I don't know that. Like it, like John said, it's a very weird thing to hit on accidentally though mm -hmm. i think it's just they just the direction they chose was so weird and out of left field that i think just a lot of people are going to be disappointed even if it well i liked what? final fantasy 7 remake and i know a lot of people didn't like that shit so maybe <laughs> we'll see yeah you included so we'll see yeah my favorite thing has been xenoblade 3 reigniting some xenoblade 2 discourse Ooh, i got i got xenoblade 2 discourse i got it it's bad <laughs> that's my xenoblade 2 discord i fucking hate playing that game mm -hmm. i'm almost of the mind now i was like seeing my reaction to this one is like oh maybe don't play xenoblade 2 before this one because then you'll be more disappointed <laughs> I, but I might be crazy. I don't know. People do seem to like this game, but there's just so many little things about the world that I felt didn't well, have the explanation they needed for a 100-hour game. I feel that like mm -hmm. any Nintendo exclusive is always going to kind of get like a like a 10% bump in hype just because hey, it's a thing we have that other people don't. So I'm going to say I love it and it's the best thing anyway. I think Xenoblade fans are a bit crazy though. And Xenoblade fans are crazy. Like hyper fans will hyper love something they will also hyper hate something if it's not what they wanted because mm -hmm. that is that is the, the way of fandom yeah, online yeah yeah go, i've go seen look a lot the, of go look at the falcom fandom <laughs> christ like there's a lot of discourse about what the dlc for this one will be because there's going to be like a torna style yeah, expansion yeah and people are like 
desperate for it to be an epilogue and not a prequel. And not a prequel, yeah. Because they're disappointed in the ending. Mm. And it's like, well, well, don't know how that's going to work. And we won't know until like late 2023, I think. Yeah. Yeah, This is a long ways away. On the menu, the timer is like literally like it'll be out before December 31st, 2023. Like they are giving themselves time. Yeah. Yeah. And then they announce swimsuits, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, you got me. Let's do it. And I don't know why they decided to nerf Senna like that. She does not show Senna Tony in the swimsuit. Senna got literal worst swimsuit. Whereas, hey, uh, okay. hey, Uni? Have, we... Uni? Got it. Nailed it. Mio? See, it's got frust- it. Yeah. It's frustrating because Uni was already the most popular fan art wise. That really of- shocked me. I was really shocked that she would end up that she ended up being the one everybody gravitated toward. Yeah. So now she gets a massive buff from the swimsuit. Yeah, and yeah, Senna, yeah. the least Just popular. Dumpstered on. <laughs> with the worst swimsuit. Yeah, oh it's pretty God. bad. It's really bad. Like for a character okay. like Senna is a very sexy character design, alright? Just straight up, yeah. like default design, sexy as hell. And then look at Every the, look at the swimsuit in that, the game. <laughs> she has shows tummy. And then look at her swimsuit. It's what the fuck? <laughs> the worst. It's the worst. Why would you do this? I remember. Um, <laughs> I remember getting um, a she on swimsuit in Xenosaga, and then <laughs> oh, actually, it's really capturing capturing the most expression. <laughs> Posted in the chat again. <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, it's real. Oh god. <laughs> just ca- I caught. I screenshot it. And it's caught, so like, perfect. It's so looks, perfect. She's just. She just done. looks disgusted with me. <laughs> uh, all right. Saga was good. I'm glad. I'm. I'm excited well, for more Xenoblade. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm glad that to. I'm glad to be jumping around and I think that's helping mitigate like maybe disappointment or like exhaustion. Sure. Sure. Yeah. There definitely was a bit of exhaustion at the very start of like, Oh, it's this combat system again, basically. Uh Here we go. Yeah. I can take a, I can take a little break. I think. Uh, Cause I didn't play future connected, but I did play Torna, which was a lot of grinding. Side quest stuff. And uh, thankfully, that's it. Like, like, Future Connect is literally only like 12 hours. So, that's the only good thing about it is that it's it's (laughs) fucking short and it's It's so good that they didn't make that essential to understanding Xenoblade 3. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, you know, a $60 remaster. Yeah. So, uh. Thanks for for running through all that. I feel like you. uh, I feel like that gives a. Nailed it. Like, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot to react to in a hundred hour game. Yeah, yeah. it's very tricky. Across, and without spoiling it, without talking specific spo- story stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny. As soon as I beat the game, I just jacked it down to nor- easy difficulty, and then fought like a no- level ninety super boss. <laughs> it was like okay, <laughs> even though I'm like twenty levels below this thing, this feels actually like a fair fight. Right. right, right. <laughs> Finally, a challenge. Oh no, the final boss was definitely the scariest. Cool. <laughs> when you're an hour in and then something happens that oh. you're like, oh, I'm, I might die. I might die for they real. Added, they added a checkpoint to that, I believe. They did? I thought for sure. Because there's a point halfway through the battle, which is 45 minutes in, where I leveled up. Mm-hmm. So it was clearly saying like, hey, phase one has ended. Here's phase yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought for sure there was a checkpoint there, and apparently there wasn't. Which I think is they added one. I think they added one with the latest uh, patch they did. I think I read something about okay. that. Okay, so maybe I'll check I don't know. Later. I might have just like read that as I wish they had. Maybe uh, yeah, you know, true. but uh, I, like it I've not played no it yet, sense. so I've just kind of been trying to you know mental hole all of that and not see it. Yeah. Because if, if I died on the second phase and it restarted the whole thing, I would have gone to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have turned the game off and not played it for, like, two days. Yeah. Uh, that's, how, that's how I finished Xenoblade 1. <laughs> so I got the, near the end of the boss and then fucking died. Oh, I was like, well... But yeah. does it make you refight everything in the first part? Yeah, Rhett. Oh, yeah. wait, it does? It's, oh, are they just fight. always... Rhett, Rhett, you have to fight the boss outside yeah the okay to the final area you have to fight all the bosses in the area leading up to the final yeah, boss and it's... then you have to fight all the faces of the final boss yeah it's... you get okay, that's you basically get dumped. what they did here again you get that's crazy back to the start of the final area and you've got to make that uh-huh. run again it's pretty awful that's it's... crazy it's oh so they put fucking, you back it's pretty fucking great yeah <laughs> they do what i was gonna say they <laughs> do say so this mean. is the point of no return so everything after that christ yep and you can't save, and it's not. Yeah, like, uh, yeah it's... You, you can't save after the boss. So. Oh my god. Uh huh. So they're just like this. The, it's Zeno, man. Yeah. They're all like this. Every single Zeno. They're looking at the, the reaction of this one and be like, "Hours, I can't believe we always do this. We make the whole game super easy, and then you die one time. Oh, a forty-five minute boss fight. Have to restart." Well, that's the thing with that's the thing with Gears and Saga and Blade One is that I died constantly the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> so, John. Games. Yeah. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, I played a little RPG Maker game. Mm. I played Chorus Lost Princess in the Spring. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, might have heard of this. Yep. Um, I just really like this one. So, first off, again, Tom made this. It's a it's Tom's new RPG Maker game. It is not explicit. It's a little bit it's a little bit spicy at points, but it's not explicit like the first chorus is. Um, it is a full three hour long RPG, and he made it in a month and a half, which is disgusting. <laughs> which is so which is so offensive to me. It's so hard. It's so I like, was I was really stunned by Tom releasing this and finishing Xenoblade 3 before me. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> It is so the the it's a full ass it's just a full ass like mini RPG. It's got like a bunch of dungeons. It has a f- multiple ease final dungeons. It's <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> it goes so hard and it's a month and a half. That's um, crazy. So it's a single player, it's a single character RPG. So you're just playing as chorus. Um and it actually has a lot of like little cute things to kind of still give you a bunch of options. Um, the main kind of mechanic is that every enemy has different weaknesses and Chorus has access to magic. And then Chorus can also change what weapon she's using. She can have a sword, a dagger, a staff, and a bow equipped. And you can just cycle through, um, the press left or right on the attack button and it changes what weapon you're attacking with. Um, that also affects like your speed and even like your spell casting. So like even if you want to make sure that you go before the enemy, like, um, like I would hold the, I would switch to the dagger and use that instead. 
um it's it's really cute and then all the the enemies have like elemental weaknesses too um and a, a big thing for me is it just has a really nice snappy xp curve where like you keep getting to bosses of the area if you get to the, you get to the boss of the area and then it's hard and then it beats you and it's like all right i'll just do a, one, like one or two more levels um it's just got it really kind of nails that ease level curve um in a way that I found really satisfying. So like by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm, I know I'm at the end. I'm a get one more level up. Just, just let's, let's run in circles for three minutes and get one more level up. Um, the, the, you can go into the menus and change, like tweak battle animations and whatnot. You can make it real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, for the eventual speed runs. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Um, it's very funny. There's a world map. Um, but like you leave like 10 minutes in or you leave like maybe like 15 minutes in and then the rest of the game is like extended dungeon gauntlet. It's really cool. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, I just, I just thought this was real fun. Um, I really liked, I really like, again, the final dungeons were real neat. Um, the maps themselves are gorgeous. Um, they're big. They're really, they're like big beefy maps. I think that they pace like, I think some I think if you're not like already a fan of like retro RPGs they might the maps might be the dungeons might be a little too big for you um for me it felt like perfect it was just, coming off of like Fantasy Star 4 earlier this year mm-hmm. I was like yes give me the, give me this nice chunky map um it's funny there's a lot of good jokes and characters um I I guess if there if I if I have any complaints it's sort of similar with Silas where like um generally optional stuff in our rpgs can feel weird to me mm-hmm. and specifically like post-game stuff yeah mm-hmm. um because there's like an optional boss in this game that's as hard as the final boss mm-hmm. um and that and that kind of pacing just kind of feels weird to me because i beat the final boss i was very sad i had a very satisfying ending and then i was like well i guess i should go back and do that one little little side dungeon and for like a three-hour game that felt kind of that feels kind of weird to me mm-hmm. Get dunked on, nerd. Make better games next time. <laughs> so that's my that's the that's the my my one nitpick. Um, otherwise, I think that this is just, and I know that's something that a lot of people really like. <laughs> Tom, Tom says, "Jouch." <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I fucking love this. I thought it was really fucking really really cute. Um, and I. It's it's really cute because it starts with Chorus like walking down a path playing the really jaunty little theme. Um, and then at the very end of the adventure, it shows her walking back down the path and the th- same theme starts playing. And it's just like onward to the next adventure. And I remember just sitting there like, yes. Yeah, that's, that's how you do more, that. I want, I want another Chorus adventure. I love this. <laughs> I'm very excited at the idea of more Chorus. Um, but yeah, I think this this... And this uh, the the two chorus games are my favorite Tom games so far. I'm just having a really good time with them. And the also the cover art by Sayara of the new one is just gorgeous. It's it's chorus like looking out over like mm. like a Darm Tower overhang at a blue sky, and it just makes me happy. Yeah. Um, I think there's one other thing I, I'd love to talk about. I'm I, I watched Gene Godzilla. What? Oh. All right. Yeah, I saw you talking about the. Um. So this is the Hideki Hideki Anno. Yeah. Um, this is that one. Yeah. Yeah. Godzilla movie from 2016. 
Uh, it came out two years after the Gareth Edwards Godzilla movie, which I saw in theaters and I did not like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did any of you see, catch that one? Nope. I did and was like, yeah, that was fine. And I did not see the sequels. Yeah, I haven't seen the sequels. Gareth Edwards is not in charge of the sequels. See, Gareth Edwards did Godzilla and then he did Rogue One, which I also oh. hated. And then also, people went fucking nuts about Godzilla and Rogue One on release. I felt like a fucking space alien. Because <laughs> they're so boring. <laughs> they're so boring and you don't give a shit about anybody. You give a shit about Brian Cranston in the first one. Yeah. 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 And the worst. Yeah. I heard people really don't like the sequel to this or that Godzilla, like the King of the Monsters one, I think it's called, even though it has an insanely good trailer. I was like hyped to see it. And then I never did. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, oh, it's horrifically boring. But it's like, well, did you like the previous one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the other Western one since um, maybe someday. Um, what what? made me really happy is I watched Sheen Godzilla. Yeah. And this is Anno at just height of his powers, making Godzilla as fucking scary as possible. That which, sounds which, cool. I- that sounds like that sounds like a really hard thing to do given how I feel kiddified uh Godzilla has been over the years. Uh-huh. Uh, over just, you know, kind of becoming this big, you know, like, oh, it's this big beloved thing and he's kind of a joke now. <laughs> so making uh-huh. that terrifying seems like a really hard task. Mm-hmm. There's some tweaks with the design. There's a handful of there's a handful of cool the design is really fucking cool. Um I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the design and like the really short arms and like the really tiny beady eyes. It's definitely freaky looking. I'm not, sh- I want to see the movie soon. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick it up on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But like the design changes are definitely striking. Yeah, exactly. And that's not, and those aren't the only like striking visuals yeah. in the movie. I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do a whole lot. So this is, this is um, kind of the same idea as the original Godzilla where it's not like Godzilla fights a monster. It is just, Godzilla shows up in Tokyo and it sucks ass and every every minute it's really (laughs) awful and it's just the worst and it's about humans trying to survive and fight Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, I think the big like kind of thematic and character hook here is just that a huge focus is on, is like scathingly on bureaucracy um like the first 20 minutes of the movie is like jumping between a bunch of different boardrooms as people <laughs> just like argue and pass the buck and are just like well we can't do that we need we need um we need this department to rubber stamp this document in order to do this oh, God. Like, the <laughs> most like, insufferable bum, bum, bum. human beings yep <laughs> you have one character that's just like to make the Godzilla problem <laughs> You have one character that's just like, like rubbing his temples. Like, can we just fucking do something? Can we just fucking do something? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, I feel like that's the audience surrogate. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, it's still in, extremely entertaining because it's very funny. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's very, and it's very well edited. It's like it; mm-hmm. these scenes are like twenty seconds long, where it's like bureaucratic 
couple bureaucracy jokes, jump to the next scene, couple bureaucracy jokes, jump to the next scene. Um, destru- awful destruction, back to the bureaucracy. <laughs> and then it, there's like an arc and evolution as they like slowly, slowly, slowly move their way towards um, um, towards maybe actually doing something. Um, you see people like, they're not like cartoon characters. They're, 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 they want to help, but they're still like so stuck in their world that they did that they don't really can't just like push for that kind of action Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then when you see the people that kind of push through all that nonsense and like actually start coming up with a plan and then the stakes are extremely intense um it's just really well done um so i i just had a i just had a fucking blast with it um i know i know some people complained that it was like really talky um, for me, I, that was just delightful because it's because it's talky, but it's very funny and there's good jokes and there's characters you care about. I think like Anno can do talky. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot of Ava DNA. They straight up play the drum. Oh, the of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They like you've got to. Why not? Get it in <laughs> it's, there. It's so funny because that theme, I think, is ripped off from James Bond. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fantastic. Um, co-directed by the special effects guy from the 90s Gamera trilogy god I I really want to watch the first one like literally the first Gamera from the 90s because literally Mm -hmm. like 15 years ago I read a Roger Ebert review where he compared it with Air Force One the (laughs) boring Harrison Ford movie and was like when you're younger when you're a younger adult you tend to look at a movie like Gamera and say that it's stupid and bad because it has a giant turtle and implausible because it has a giant turtle mm-hmm. um, flying through the space. <laughs> and then you look at a movie like air force one, you're like, obviously the president can take down a whole airplane of terrorists. Just fine. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you grow older and wiser and you realize that the, while they're, that both movies are stupid, but the camera, but the, to- the um, turtle movie is stupid in a joyous way. <laughs> yeah. Joyously stupid will always win my heart. <laughs> So that that one Ebert review is so formative for yeah, me. I always yeah. really want to watch that movie. Did Gamera start out as like self aware kind of parody? I mean, it's a it's a very old franchise. Like I yeah. know the '90s one was like a revival. Yeah. So oh, oh, it's not even the okay. Um. Uh. Well, so I, I follow that up the next day. I watched like a couple days later. I, I rewatched the original Godzilla. It had been just ages. Oh it's, God, yeah, it's real good. <laughs> Yeah, the original the original yeah. original is still really good mm-hmm. yeah 1954 yeah i Jeez. watched that with some friends probably two years ago and remember yeah you know what this still fucking hits this is still yeah, good this is fucking rules it's got some fucking teeth yeah surprisingly there's a, there's a scene where a mom is like holding her two children saying we're gonna be with daddy soon oh it's real <laughs> rough man oh. <laughs> well, you gotta remember how that shit was originally allegory for like nuclear bombs. So I mean, it's, yeah, it's fifty five. It 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 has it's not such that a, far removed. It has okay. such a different context back then. So like that scene that John was specifically puts like that's truly fucking terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Like literally ends with the with a scientist like looking at the camera and being like, if we continue testing a bombs and H bombs then mm-hmm. we will face more Godzilla's in the future. Yeah. It's like this, it, it cuts it 
like it's on the it's on the nose but it cuts to the bone and and it's also incredibly well made like whenever they when they first introduced godzilla like full view they do it with like these shots where he's trampling forward and then they have all these humans in the foreground who are running away yeah it's like going really far out of their way to make you believe in the scale even as it's mm. just a rubber suit um like it is a bunch of great miniature work it's just like it's just gorgeously made yeah um so i i always kind of looked at this world from afar for a while i might keep trying to i kept wanting to push forward and like maybe rewatch mothra versus godzilla Mm -hmm. Uh, because i I remember liking that one it's i remember thinking it was cute it's very yeah i've listened to a lot of the uh james rolf reviews of godzilla there's just so many yeah that's kind of like where and it's just like you know that like after a certain point you start hitting bad godzilla and it stays there for a long time it is kind of weird thinking about how this thing that was commentary on nuclear weapons turned to do a parody of itself yeah, pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, It got Perfect. popular. It got marketable. Uh, it's very Robocopy in that way, oh, where God, like yeah. Robo- Robocop was like satire on you know like the like the the, the society and the way police and, and all of that shit. And it's just like, and then mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh hey, here's kids toys. Cartoon and NES game. You know, they were very smart to make that NES game to get that license. (laughs) 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 I'm pretty. I I like the cheese one too. I I like. I definitely like the cheese ones too. I had like a couple bad '60s '70s Mm -hmm. ones as a kid, Mm -hmm. Um, and they just. I remember them capturing my imagination. It was the Megalon one with Jaguar, and then the Sea Lobster one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I read, I literally went back and looked, Googled like Cinemasker Godzilla. Yep, and I yep. watched those 12 years ago. And God, then, yeah. And then I looked, and then I looked up and like adult James Rolfe has a 20 minute video, beginner's guide to Godzilla. Yep. And I watched of it course. and I was like, oh, okay. So it's from like two years ago. And I was like, oh, literally 15 years later. And I'm still getting Godzilla tips from, from Rolf. There's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it was nice because he's such a dad now. He just like talks very when he, in those videos he's just talking like very kind of um just he's always like always obviously loves movies and loves weird old campy movies. Yeah. And just listening to that is fun. Um so yeah, I have a I have a nice little playlist of like five mm-hmm. movies and I and I can go through that and then if I feel like going deeper, I can't I can, but otherwise I can have just get a little more because i like i like this whole universe yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah cool. all right so polly yo hey hi i played a video game you did oh boy i played 22 hours of tales of arise <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to talk about fucking tales of arise <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not talking about that video game. Um I watched oh. anime. Oh jeez. The shortest <laughs> oh, segment in it. Oh, Socks cast oh, history. Come on, Polly. Come I, on. Mm. You gotta give us some of that juice. Oh, twenty-two hours. I played twenty-two hours of Tales of Arise and I got to the fourth major area of the game. I still cannot tell you a single fucking thing about either of its two main characters. Oh, God. I don't know why the main character is an amnesiac. 
and I still don't know why the main lady has thorns when people touch her, so nobody can touch her. I don't know why <laughs> the game has just saw fit to sidestep ever acknowledging that I need answers to any of this. It's just, hey, big evil villain is doing a comically bad racism. Let's go stop them. <laughs> Then we go stop them. All right, there's another guy over here doing a cartoonishly bad racism. Let's go stop him. And I've done that three times, and it's uh -oh. just, that's oh. all I've done. I've met one worthwhile character through this whole ordeal. And even then, she isn't, like, like she isn't really written or coded the way <laughs> that they say she is. Is she the Senna? Uh, she it's Renwell. She's the the mage girl. Yeah, she's supposed to be like a 13 year old girl who's kind of inexperienced in the world. But she seems like she's got her head on the most of anybody and just speaks. <laughs> she speaks pretty authoritatively in these adult conversations that I, I can't like. It's like, no, you are not a child. You are literally an adult. They just aged you down because anime game. But yeah, I just kind of got to a point with Tales of Arise where you're not giving me anything. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. sure, you've got this really fun combat system that feels like it's got the most teeth that any Tales of game has had in a long fucking time. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have to avoid damage because if I what? don't, I get hit like a fucking truck. Uh, it had fantastic boss fights for a while that were fine. Um, the, 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 the I, I got tired of the AI. It started making me mad because then it would just be like, oh, hey, enemies charging up for big attack. I, everybody, please get out of, oh, no, okay, I just lost three characters there. That's okay. Uh, also, all of my resources are severely limited in this game. So by the time I got, uh -oh. so by the time I get to the end of the next dungeon, uh, my AI teammates, despite being told to use my healing spells, had used up all of my items instead. Uh. And I didn't have money to rebuy all the items, so I just said, you know, I don't think I'm going to be playing this anymore. Oh my god. That was my journey with Tales of Arise. It's just kind of like, man, you're giving me nothing. And like, like, if there was something there, if there was a morsel to this story, that they would give anything! But they just don't mm. even acknowledge or talk about it at all! You've given me nothing on these two main characters who are literally on the front of the box. I am in control of these two characters within the first 20 minutes of the game. And I was like 22 hours in and I still know nothing about them. And I just got so tired yeah, so, like, of it. Literally no story. That's bizarre nothing. No, like not even like having a little powwow sitting around. Hey guys, let's talk about our past. Where you know we we just overcame this great big thing. Maybe mm -hmm. it's time we all open up a little as a party to trust one another. Nah, nah, we ain't doing that. We don't have time to talk about our pasts. Apparently, just it's just so cold yeah. and 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 just like distant. And I'm just like mm -hmm. I, I, you're giving me nothing. Like, like it, yeah. it, I can I can take a bad story if you're at least giving me something, but this game is just nothing. Just like here's cartoonishly bad racism. <laughs> Go stop it. Okay, do it again. All right, do it again. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. Like, I'm trying to remember what like the hook was in, in Vesperia. 
What? Like I, mean, I can I remember Berseria. I can remember Berseria. Yeah, I was I can about remember, to mention that one. I can remember so many things about Berseria. That game so memorable. Lots of fun characters. Great character moments. Great character interactions. Great skits. The game's fun. There's a lot of good stuff there. And then you play Arise, yeah. and it's just like it, it feels like like this game is gorgeous. It looks incredible. And I feel it like they, they they spent six years making this game look incredible. And then somebody came in and was like, all right, guys, uh, we got to release this game next year. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and knock that story out, huh? Uh-oh. That's kind of what brutal. it feels like to me. Yeah. It's really weird because Berseria starts with like three or four hours of story setup yeah. where you're not really doing a whole lot gameplay-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still think it's just way better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I'm not, I, I can't buy into that anymore. It's just like, I'm not going to, like, if you're not going to give me anything and I've already put this much time in, mm-hmm. what am I playing more for? Yeah, no story plus the combat kind of falling off. Yeah, with the like AI, the combat starts. It. Yeah, like like my my AI teammates just stop doing the thing that I told them to do that they've done fine all the way up until now. But like when I got to this new dungeon, suddenly we're not going to use healing spells anymore for no discern. Like I even like turned off all of their other spells. Like, oh my god. Please do and like put it to literally if I anybody has lost 1% HP cast a healing art. Nothing. You broke it. I broke it or something or the game's stupid. I don't know. Anyway, Tales of Arise is just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm just whatever on it. Um I not, was so close to buying this one because you were high on it at the very start because of the combat. I the was combat like, the combat feels like oh hey, this feels very East inspired. Yeah, like it, sh- it feels saw real that nice. First boss, I was like, "Ooh, this does look crunchy." Yeah, the first boss is. Just, oh my god, it's so good! And then just yeah, the the game just drives right the fuck off a cliff. Oof. Weird. Tales of Unwise to play this game. Tales of Unwise to play Tales of Arise. I'm <laughs> my my meanness moves in like cycles mm-hmm. where like. I feel me. I feel spite towards like a big series that wronged me. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. As Kingdom Hearts has wronged me, as Sweet Coden has wronged me, as Tales has wronged me, <laughs> and then as time goes on, I like my my ability to be a hater saps with time. Right. Um. So now I'm going to, uh, as I'm wronged repeatedly, it, it, it grows in strength. <laughs> right, right, right. The cycle takes longer, but always, eventually, I'm like, should I just try another Tales game, maybe? So I'll send you. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll there, send yeah. you a rise. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm willing to give Berseria another chance. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds like the one because of the story that people are like the most. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like the story and I, characters in that game are really the big point. Like the the combat is hey, kind of whatever. I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's where it did, it did lose me initially. But I really like that cast of characters, and I really like that story. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm just like, I think Berseria and um, I think Abyss because that's the one that actually has like a story hook where yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, I like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're about something. I appreciate this. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Symphonia like probably still holds up to some degree. 
Cool, yeah. I had fun sense. with that video game. It was good. I had fun with that video game on the GameCube. On the GameCube? Mm-hmm. I think you recommended it to me. It was yeah, yeah it was a long time ago, yeah. Anyway, that's that's Tales of Arise, whatever. I oh. like, let's talk about stuff Rhett likes. Rhett likes yeah, anime. What? You Fine. like anime. So, when you kept bouncing off games, I said to John, Polly needs to watch some fucking anime. And then you actually did without me saying anything. It fucking happened. It happened. It happened, baby. I watched I watched a lot of anime. Oh um, boy. Uh, Give it to me. I, I watched uh, The Devil is a Part-Timer. Nice. I watched oh, nice. I watched that with Ghosty. Uh, Ghosty suggested oh. that one and, and like like that was sort of where my anime thing was like, "Hey, maybe I want to watch anime for a while." She's the one that was kind of like, "Hey, let's just watch some anime." Because we've been, she and I have been watching Breaking Bad, and like, like that's something I suggested, but that's like a big thing. And I was like, "Hey, just throw me some shows you want to watch." And that was <laughs> the first one she did. And I was like, "You know what? This is a, this is a show that's not typically in my wheelhouse." I will one hundred percent admit that it is a reverse isekai where characters, where characters who are from this magical world uh, get pulled into the real world, and it is quite literally like Satan works at fucking McDonald's. The characters uh, are like literally called like the demon lord and the hero. The demon lord and the hero. He is literally Satan. <laughs> um, and they get pulled to the real world. She ends up working as like a data entry person, and he's working at McDonald's, and he's super into it. Like he's just like, <laughs> no, like dude, if I work like two more weeks at this pace, I'll be assistant fucking manager, dude. And it's like for some reason it just worked like this was just light and fluffy the characters were fun the interactions were fun it gets it gets decently serious when it needs to it has to have you know you got to have a big climax before the end um and obviously like the ending is kind of unsatisfying because it's this big sprawling fucking light Mm -hmm. novel adaptation so you know it's not Mm -hmm. gonna have anything conclusive but i had a really good time with it uh it was like it's like it's not like next level blowing my mind or anything yeah. it's like solid 7 out of 10 dude I'll give you nice. that I'll give you that was fun I like these characters you just want good vibes exactly. you just want like a nice little 12 episode yeah. comedy like, like it was I, just I, like I really hey it was a nice slice of pie or a nice piece mm-hmm. of cake that was just like this was really pleasant I had a good time with this you know, it that surprised me because it again it's typically not something I would watch on my own so being prompted by somebody who was really high on it taking her advice and just sitting there and just kind of like, you know, I'm actually sitting here, like, enjoying this. I'm laughing at this. I'm having a good time. There we go. Let's check out that anime backlog. I know that there were some shows that I didn't watch last year and the year before. Uh, you know, but, but, yeah, but we'll get to that. Uh, I did watch something else. I think Brett maybe has seen this one. Oh, uh, boy, here we go. I, I watched uh, I watched uh, Hoseki no Kuni. Oh, you did? Land of really? the Lu- Land of the Lustrous. Oh, this is the really pretty one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rhett, I'm pretty it's sure so you cool talked looking. about the Yeah, this. Sh- oh, my God. Breathtaking. Oh, this beautiful crystal Envy's getting broken apart. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John is, John is horny for this yes, one. Yes, this show. Uh-huh. I would say, yeah, this is very, very horny. Even for me, I found some, like, you know what? I, I'm into this. I'm okay with this. This is mm-hmm. this is nice. The fan art of them is a lot. It's a whole. I've seen some. I've got a few. And I'm just like, you know what? F- fucking good shit, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched this over the last couple days. I um, nice. 
And uh, but yeah, like this is a this is a show that uh, takes place in a world where humans have been like seemingly eradicated by a bunch of meteors that struck the planet. And the only living things remaining are crystal people, and they're also mm-hmm. hunted by creatures from the moon who want to shatter them and turn them into jewelry and decorations. I guess. Um, it's basically Steven Universe. It's basically, basically Steven Universe. Universe. So, like, all the gems live in, like, they train together with uh, uh, this guy named Master Congo, who seems to be, like, I don't know what his deal is, because even by the end of the show, I still don't know what his deal is. He's not a gem, I don't think. Yeah, I was I was also, like, like is he a him, human? He's, like, or... he's just a human, right? Like, I, he, he just j- seems like a human. Yeah, like, and we really don't understand anything about him by the end of the show, yeah. unfortunately, which really bugs that- me. That was kind of my main problem with this is that by the end it's like oh, oh no story really no. felt like it happened <laughs> yeah so 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 yeah like it's that like they all live together they train they fend off attacks from the lunarians they all have like specific jobs and partners and, like mm-hmm. they all so you got a nice home and a structure they all you know like for all this it's a, it's a good setup but the story's focus is on um is on uh phosphophilate which uh we're mm-hmm. just going to shorten to phos like uh, the show does. Yes, like the show does, because no, we're not saying any of these fucking names, uh, the names more than sh- once. Are, are wild. Yeah, they're like literal mineral names are the character names. Um, but uh, she is kind of like, I believe, like, she's the youngest at 300 uh, years old, and also like one of the most fragile gems whose body can just like shatters all the time. So she's always like losing yeah. body parts or needing to have cracks touched up every, but just like real simple impacts. So she's like mm-hmm. not very suited for combat, despite that being like what she wants to do. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is a show that sort of presents a lot of questions as to like the nature of the world and why things are the way they are. And there's certainly a lot of questions to be asked about Congo, but we don't get any of that shit. Uh, this mm. is this is a for the most part, this is literally Fosa's coming of age story. Really, um, okay. that's really like the, as far as we get at the end. And I can see that maybe kind of being frustrating to watch because as a character, Fosa is very selfish. Uh, she's lazy. She's self-centered and just alarmingly allergic to effort. Just <laughs> amazingly. <laughs> and they spend a lot of time like being a complete burden to those around them. Uh, actively making situations worse and far more dangerous for everyone. Uh, and, and for a long time, like, Bose is, is, is never punished or learns much of anything from it. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and in some cases like the plot even just rewards her with plot armor and super cool abilities <laughs> you know that I sometimes don't really yeah. feel earned um so the show's basically 12 episodes of her adventure toward finding a purpose stumbling and falling upwards until they manage to stumble into plot armor um and, and to its credit I did find that journey to still be like wildly entertaining and fun to watch because even at Fos's worst, Fos still has a lot of charm and personality. Um, just an amazingly fun character to watch. Also, voice mm. actress that voices Fos. Oh, holy shit! Holy shit! She's so good. Okay, okay, I have to drop this right now. That is the same voice actress as the main character Kumiko in Sound Euphonium. 
Oh, wow. That's, oh, I love her. That's why she's so good. She's got, she gives the, she's got so much of a... She adds a range to this character that I did not think yes. that this character would have. She does the exact same thing in Sound Euphonium. Yeah, I know. Kumiko's performance in Sound Euphonium is fucking stellar because she just like... She's just like so... Expressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, so expressive, it, but in such quiet ways. Like she, yeah. she can make a... Mm, it's very like, subtle so like just yeah like, like fos's like like her performance is fos there's so much there's so many ways you can play this character that i feel most people would play is like a ginky girl type but mm -hmm. like there's a lot of subtlety and nuance to the way she uses her voice or the way she enunciates certain things or the way she can like often feel weirdly detached from a scene uh because she doesn't quite understand the concept of death um when it's being explained it's just like those mo those kinds of moments for her were just like incredible for me because i just like listening to her talk and it surprised me yeah it surprised me how well that performance came off i was not expecting so that cool. kind of performance from that character especially given where they start and you know like i said she seems like this this kind of like bratty kind of lazy mm -hmm. self-centered character but there's a lot of nuance there even if there's not a lot of writing nuance to her the performance mm -hmm. that she is given that she gives this character um i'm trying to be careful because i know all these characters are non-binary so i'm not yeah i don't want to say she in reference to the character um mm -hmm. But it's very, 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 very affecting, and I liked this character a lot. Even even by the end, when I wasn't kind of getting what I wanted out of this story, like you know, like with the whole Lunarians, like we never learn anything yeah. about them. We don't anything. Like we didn't get any. And like, there's never going to be a second season of this, unfortunately. Like it just, it just didn't hit. Um, the manga has been running for like ten years and yeah. still isn't over. Yeah, so. and this is the studio. The reason there's never going to be a sequel is because they went on to do B Stars. Oh, okay, yeah, which was a huge hit for them. But yeah. then they've done like three seasons of that. So yeah, that's that's going to be their thing. But hey, like we were talking earlier about them visuals, right? Mm -hmm. Incredible, like like we've talked about the character designs, a lot of minute yeah. details, and how they reflect their real world gym counterparts. Like the environments are ridiculously detailed and full of life, despite being and set in like what's essentially a pretty lifeless world. Like mm -hmm. it's just everything is just so gorgeous, and and it's like it's a mix of two D and three D CG, and yeah. it never looks like out of place there's no like bad looking compositing there's no weird off model stuff like when they make the switch to 3d it's very smooth uh so and, and like episode 10 yeah. in particular uh is a big highlight of, of how they're able to use the camera where you have this character who's being like chased around and hunted down by this huge grotesque monster and she is in full-on stealth mode trying to like hide from it like she's hiding behind pillars and walls and ducking in and out of things and the camera is just super dynamic and panning around yeah. the room and her movements and like and, and like it like gets claustrophobic up on her when it needs to to make you really feel that intensity and that same kind of like dynamics with the camera is also used during all of like the action scenes and the action scenes are fucking incredible in this show Good. that's the main thing that stuck with me is the way they can use the camera 
yeah to play with 3d space in a way just other anime just cannot that you know? that scene like i was already impressed with their ability to use the camera like in like these fast cut actions that you know like mm-hmm. just so many cool shots but like it was this stealth sequence where you're just kind of watching a character slip around walls and just like the way you can take that camera mm-hmm. around and, and like put her and the beat or oh, put them and the and, and, and the monster on screen at the same time and then just kind of like change the perspective it's it's yeah. it, it was re- it's one of my favorite segments in the whole show it was just like i had to rewind it and watch it again because yeah. it was just that impressive um in general, people were like, oh, I guess CG animated anime can be good because of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this... it, it changed a lot of minds because a lot of CG stuff is super low budget, like Netflix yeah. trash. And yeah. then this came out and people were like, holy fuck, they're just on a completely different level. Kind of like like the arc system works. Yeah. Like fighting yeah. games. Like it's yeah. not that kind this of. This was entirely, like I said, it's entirely seamless. You cannot tell when they're changing to 3D models and, and when they're That's doing so cool. when they're doing. Um, See, I honestly, I honestly thought 2D. the trick was just using the three D models the entire time. No, it's a mixture of two D and three D. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're just they they are making the switches, and and it's just you don't notice it. Yeah, because I never, I literally never noticed it. I thought it was three D the whole time. Yeah, it's just like, even if this show is a disappointment from the 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 standpoint of like oh it's it's an ad- it's yeah. an adaptation there's not a lot of closure here at all there's no closure there's no closure <laughs> like you you like, like even even the thing that that Fos sets out to do and makes her main mission you know, you don't mm-hmm. really get a good climax or solution to that like she does end up being in a place that is d- very different from where she started uh, so that does, it, it, you know, you do kind yeah. of complete the coming of age story in a way, but I would have kind of really liked to have seen her actually make good on the promise to Cinnabar, um, you know, in, in some way that felt a little more than what it ended up being. Uh, makes me wish for the days like, guys, come on, let's do anime original endings, please. <laughs> like, like, especially for shows, you know, we're kind yeah. of probably not going to get that second season nod. I think this one in particular, you'd have to have like a whole second season yeah. just to do an anime original ending because yeah. they just don't answer anything, anything at all. about the world. Like it's just it's, it, and like I said, I wanted that so much, uh, and I was yeah. just so disappointed. Like that, it's like kind of like that's what. Yeah, that's why I haven't really ever recommended the show because it is so compromised by. Yeah, there's not really much story here. It's just a very fun. Uh, yeah. visual treat it is a very treat pretty. yeah it is very pretty like absolutely if you like watching cute nbs get smashed to bits and put back together again are you talking like... to john <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking to john and me um it's very it's very well done they they they, they, they smash to pieces real good Good good. Good good, 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 Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. Land of the Lustrous. I think it's ab- like if you just kind of want a a visual feast and you want to enjoy that and you don't, and you want to enjoy some really mm-hmm. good uh, uh, voice acting performances and some yeah. great action, you know, Hosuke no Kuni slash Land of the Lustrous is your ticket to that set good time. Can I back up a little bit? No. Yes, you can. Real quick. <laughs> you can. So you, you can. Okay, so you watched The Devil is a Part-Timer. That came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you know there's a second season airing right now? Yes, I did. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. It, it literally airing <laughs> like 12 years ago. <laughs> literally airing like 10, 10 to 12 years Nine, after the fact. Yeah. Everyone, but apparently people don't like the sequel as yeah, much. Yeah, it sounds like they fucked up the tone. It sounds like uh, the character designs are probably way too moe. And yeah, it sounds it's just like, kind of wild getting a sequel. Yeah. What, nine years later. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's something everybody wanted. And then when they got it, it's like, no, that not that did the same production studio do both. I seasons? don't think so. Yeah. That's probably um, a bit. That's probably the explanation there. Kind of like when you get Madhouse to do Gunslinger Girl yeah. season one and then Il Teatrino is like, uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. caught us in the middle of a break with our pants down literally because people probably use this break to go to the bathroom so literally sure did. there you go Rhett Witt took the biggest steam and dump he could in literally like three minutes didn't even wipe just like look I got a fucking podcast to do ass time waits <laughs> this is why in the business we call them idle meetings <laughs> Got me on my damn podcast talking about anime, Rhett. Hope you're fucking happy. I am. I didn't even know you watched Land of the Lustrous. That one caught me off guard. I watched cool it. Like, I, and, then, and then specifically calling out the voice actor. So I'm like fucking dropping oh. this knowledge bomb right here. Because yeah. I, I told John, who mm. watched Sound Euphonium, hey, Land of the Lustrous girl is voiced by. Mm. I was. I, was I, I. That may be like. like I know Rena has long been sort of a standard for me in terms of voice mm -hmm. voiceover performances because I just, I think oh, yeah. that she just does that role in a way that is really incredible. Yeah, this really shocked me with how fucking much nuance she adds to a character that I think could have been a little boring. Yeah. Um, that's interesting, and I don't know whether that's just good direction or good acting, good acting instincts. Yeah. I feel like it probably is a lot of her doing it, mm -hmm. the actress, because it's so identical to how I remember Sound Euphonium being. Like, it almost makes me want to look at Sound Euphonium at yeah, least. Yeah. But I don't know, because I, I know it's also <laughs> just a bunch of bad Yuri baiting, and I'm just oh, like, Jesus Christ, here we go. I've I seen. Think... Go ahead. I've seen clips of Kumiko voice compilations, but it's just her making extra sounds <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like the way she just kind of mutters dismays yeah, little ad -libs, things she like does that. that constantly interesting it gives her so much character yeah that kind mm -hmm. of stuff is really in and you don't see a, you don't see or hear a lot of that uh in anime voice mm -hmm. acting i don't think um because you know they kind of just got to like get the script and you, know, you just kind of got to stick to it but like so like having those little room for ad libs there usually not something you find in anime mm -hmm. a lot at least i don't mm -hmm. Yeah. The amount of character she can put into a... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just speaking volumes. There's a little bit of that in Land of the Lustrous as well. A little bit. Probably uh, not Probably not as much, because it sounds like that's like a character trait in Sound Euphonium, whereas it, this is just kind of like, mm -hmm. probably just kind of her musing into the mic between yeah. lines, and it just kind of worked. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All cool. right. So, John. Yeah, I'm switching yeah. it up. Switching John, it up. That's switching fine. It up. Yeah, John. Fine. Fine. Finished an RPG. 
another one. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, let's do this now. All right. Um, I finished Dona Dona, the Alisoft game. Oh, yeah, um, you this did. I, this is the one I talked about last week. That's um, part RPG and part like sex trafficking. Uh-huh. Sim. It's an uh-huh. 18 plus adult game. I really, really, really had a good time. Hey, hey, content um, warning. How many good times? <laughs> I mean, content warning that I'm talking. I'm going to talk kind of obliquely about it. Um, but yeah, it's like it is a um, porn game full of very grody non-con. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like last time I, I think I had like kind of an arc with this one where I was like, there's a dungeon crawler and then there's the, the porn game part. Yeah. It sounded like like, you wanted one of these elements to kind of just go away. Um, I, I kind of just stopped feeling that way. Like over the last, I don't know if I just got tired of it and I just needed a break and I came back to it and I was like. Like the the story pulls the two elements together like perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and even like thematically, I feel like it ties it all together very nicely. Um, I I think more what I was kind of had an issue with is like this is just there's just so much content. In this <laughs> Like, like games that have a shit ton of stuff can sometimes be a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I think my playtime was like thirty-five hours or so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just way more sex scenes than oh. in Avenical or even Rants. That sounds like um, a good thing. Well, in Avenical, there's like a new sex scene like every forty-five minutes or so. Biologically, that works out very nicely. Yeah, <laughs> you have the sex scene, and then you move on to the dungeon crawler, and it's fun, right? Um, and then you play dungeon, and you have some story, and then oh, right when you're ready for it, there's another. Here's sex some, scene. have some sex. Yeah, as a treat. Um, and they're short; they're like five minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice. It's 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 it's. it's about how long? I, like I look at John, and I'm like, yeah, it's a five minute. Yeah. I'm not. Ta- I'm okay. I'm telling on myself. It's porn. It's different. That's not. It's I know. I know. Anything, I'm just being funny. Than that. Uh, it is very funny. Uh, event Dona Dona. It's just like there's like uh, there's a there's a scene. Um, they're longer than five minutes, John. Okay. Well, they feel like five minutes in comparison to Dona Dona scenes. Maybe Dona Dona scenes are the same length, and they just feel longer because there's so many of them. There's a gallery where you can go back and watch old scenes, and there's like a hundred slots on it. Oh my god. Like a hundred sex Yeah, you know, I've played a lot. Look, I've I've played my fair share of, of H games in my life. And, mm-hmm. I do, and I think that at most they tend to have like maybe like five to ten scenes total over the course of like a 40, like the 20 to 30 hour runtime maybe. Mm-hmm. That is not true of Alice Soft. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like, hey I mean, man. I had like 50 or something. And rants and rants are just oh they come they come hard and fast. Um, That's how you want it. You hard and fast. Um, but like I I don't know like I'd I'd be cute I'd be like sitting down I'm like okay I want to level up my characters in the dungeon crawler and they'll have three arrow events with the mate with all the different party members and then I'll have a a heroine. Uh, a unique heroine character in the trafficking part of the game who has this two more events I want to get through. And then I'll have, oh, I've got three more heroines I want to go through and get all their events. And like, it's just that is so much of the game relative to Aventical and Rance, mm-hmm. where it feels 
just a little bit more like a porn delivery system than it does like a flushed out, <laughs> a, flushed out a flushed out adventure. I I don't know why porn delivery system just fucking slayed me right there. One of the old um one of the old um Alisoft games was like dream delivery system. <laughs> Which I'm they, like, they name all the chapters. Dream program system. Okay. Um, all, they name all the chapters after old Alisoft games. It's very funny. Oh, great, great. Okay. Um, dream program system. Thank you. Thank you, Zalas. Um, the other expert here. Um, but, like, the, the overall story is still really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a town, and you're rebelling against... Basically, a corporation owns the town. They... Do they? They basically have created the currency. Everyone works for them. They are the de facto government yeah. of the town. They own mercenaries that police and have rules, and um, all the schools teach about how great this corporation is. And the, it basically feels like an Amazon stand-in, <laughs> um, only like exaggerated dystopia where you're in the town owned by Amazon. Right. Right. Fucking rules. So the the whole plot is basically playing out as you are the rebels fighting against this big Shinra Corp. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like rival gangs that you are who are also fighting against them. Also, all of them getting money by trafficking. So that's part of the rivalry. Mm. Um, and um, so like you have all these different conflicts with the rival gangs and then the um, other forces kind of Take, there's a lot of different political forces like banging against each other in big neon RPG battles. Banging, um, banging in the porn game. <laughs> um, and then uh, in the in the climax, there's a lot of like, like some, there's some cool. <laughs> y'all can't just do this. With yes, we words. can, baby. <laughs> Try and fucking stop me. It's my show. Fair enough. Good point. <laughs> um, there's like a couple cool character twists. Like the one character that I was kind of, I love all the main 10 characters are all great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, every, every RPG I play now, I'm like, oh man, I love this cast so much more than Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> um, um, the one character that I was like, You're, they're not really doing a lot with you, huh? And then he's the one that has the big twist at the end and then it fleshes him out in a really cool way. Um, and there's a there's a beefy like three dungeon gauntlet. It, the game's also extremely hard. That's that um, was really extremely surprising. hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Red. <laughs> but like you're incentivized to pay attention to all the systems, bring them all together, level up your characters, get lots of money. Getting money is hard and important. Um, it never the economy never goes like completely insane. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it all ties together as just like a game experience. Um, it all, t- and an RPG experience, it all ties together very nicely. And the bat, the final boss, I grinded for like an extra hour and a half before the final dungeon. Cause I heard his balls hard on the CG guide <laughs> I was looking at. Um, this sounds like then, a, like this sounds like the dogeny, the dogeniest dogen dungeon crawler. Like I've played dungeon crawlers that aren't porn related that just like this has that same vibe to it of like where it's a little unbalanced and kind of unfair but you deal with it 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 was hard in a way that i really liked because i i I grind up like an hour and a half and then i like 
thoroughly won. I thoroughly won the <laughs> grind it. Fuck. <laughs> I thoroughly won the 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 um ending. So it's not like it's not like saga hard or anything. It's just it's just like you actually do have to grind a little bit at times. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or the bosses will. That's fine. I just accept I that love. with I accept that with dungeon crawlers. I'm fine with yeah. it. Um, the dungeon, the presentation is gorgeous. The all the fights, the fighting is really fun. Um, just nice math puzzle fighting. This is the same team that did Rance One, which mm-hmm. I the Rance One 2013 remake, mm-hmm. which had also had fighting I really liked. Um, just the it's just slick as hell throughout with the presentation. I like the presentation. Everything I saw about this, I really liked it. it it's just like as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Um, all right, I've got my I've got my big nice thing I want to say about it, my big mean thing I want to say okay, about it. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to say the big nice thing first. All right. Um, the theming really resonated with me in this game. Um, not on like an indulgent level to the same way as like um, um, Avenical and Rance, because just like Kuma, the main character, is just not as forceful or fun a personality as um, the main characters in Avenical and right, Rance. Right, 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 right. Um, but like fighting the big evil corporation that is just like doing awful repugnant things and then just like kind of just being the awful repugnant gang (laughs) themselves is there's, there's something there. Um, the character the one character that's gay, that's named, that is like gay, is also the character that is like comes from a really comes from a home life where they were told to like put into this very specific box, mm-hmm. and they escaped and joined like this rebel group, basically to fight back against their old family and against nope. um, <clears throat> um the whole overall system. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there's a sort of resonance to the idea of like yeah we're of like playing as the disgusting monsters and fighting against this absolute bullshit hypocritical system and just owning like yeah we're as awful as you say but and we're still gonna be be the shit out of you i don't know there's something that i get it i understand i think that that's hard to put into words um and i get it i get it i know what you're going for the um like being in a queer community online the government and society and religion are constantly saying how awful everyone is and how awful how we're disgusting and evil Yep, yep yep um so like obviously Running a sex, doing sex trafficking <laughs> is very evil and bad. Yes, but it's like, a, not, obviously not thinking about that literally, thinking it in terms of like playing this video game where you're just embodying, like, yeah, we're the scum of the earth. Deal with it, fuckers. Like, <laughs> we're going to kind of... be scummier than you, but at mm-hmm. least we're a li- we may be a little more ethical about it. <laughs> it, it, like, <clears throat> there, there's something there that really appeal to me right 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 um and that's why donut donut is the best queer representation since uh darling jesus (laughs) 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 so yeah it's it's definitely evil it's definitely gnarly like i said um, right it's it's, this this and a have a lot more like 
child characters in the sex scenes than classic rants ever did. That, that fucking sucks. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's that's not great. That's not great. Yeah. Don't worry, they're 18, John. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so that sucks. It's still, like, great. It's definitely not, like, slanted towards that. There's still, right. like, way more adult-looking characters. I like that there's a character named Porno. She's very funny. She's my favorite character, and I don't know a thing about her. But I just was like, hey, that's my favorite character. Is your name Porno? She's very good. She has some good story stuff later. That's good. Um, like, I've looked so at this I... game, and it's honestly one I almost kind of want to play. Oh, God. <laughs> you might uh, get me. Of all the ones, that's so funny. I know, right? <laughs> so I fucking, well, it's it's a joy to get running. Um, to get bought off the store. I can right, it that. sounds like it. Um, but so that that was the thing I really ultimately liked about it was just like there there's some stuff about like the very lat the very closing lines of like let's the 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 subtitle like let's do bad things together. Yeah, <laughs> one of the characters just like owning. Yeah, I'm a bad girl yeah. now. Yeah, I like that. I saw that. I was pretty impressed. Yep. Um. I don't know, and when the, in a world where there's just so much, when the machine is so bullshitty. Yeah, like evil. I, I think that like this, this, this sounds like very fun in its own way. Yeah. Um. So the the mean thing, um, is just like, I don't think this quite has the same overall panache as some of the other Alisoft stuff from a storytelling perspective. Eventical in particular seemed to have like the, the, the story stuff that you were looking for. Yeah. It's like a, it's just a fucking trails game. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's really the vibe I got from you talking <laughs> about Eventical. Mm-hmm. And this one is just like, it has a good final dungeon it has a good final boss. It's got a final boss where you're finishing it and you're like, wait, was that the final boss? Mm. Oh, I guess it was. Instead of, oh my god, wait, that wasn't the final boss, there's another one? Yeah. It's, oh, I guess that was the end. Oh. And that's, well, that's a, you know, that's a little bit. It's still a very cool fight with a good theme, but, like, it, 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 it was like coming off of Xenoblade and playing Xenoblade X, where, like, there's, wait, there's a lot of content, there's as much stuff to do as in any of these games. But then the actual narrative is, like, considerably smaller, and yeah. it kind of and it doesn't really tie off all the threads. It feels a little bit like it's kind of arcing for a follow-up. It, yeah. it has a satisfying conclusion, but it's not that super satisfying. Um, so we're identical. I just felt so rewarded for having seen the la the the ending is like forty minutes. It's like thirty or forty minutes in identical. This one's ending is like five or six minutes like this or eventical i think are are like the two games that you like i don't i think rants may be a little too grody for me yeah but this and eventical like they seem to kind of like i could probably like i could probably slide into one of these cool slide into <laughs> one of these mm, mm, mm. it's not fun if you do it on purpose john genuinely wasn't so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm still pretty funny. Red, it's my show, and I get to say that I'm funny. So if I uh, say I'm uh, funny, yeah. I'm fucking funny. All right. <laughs> got some laughing in the chat. There you go. We got people laughing in the yeah. chat. People know what the it, fucking it, deal is. 
I'm I'm not sure the the density of growth. I don't know how the density of grodiness compares because there's still a lot of grodiness in both a venical and sure. Yeah, and, I know. I yeah, know there a venical is. still seems like a lot. There's still but, like I look at the, I, okay, look, I look at both games. I'm like, you know what? There's some characters there I can do. You yeah, know, that's fine. I can find around that a little bit. I have the Don and AGs open right now. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. <laughs> Sixteen hundred images <laughs> and the list of tags I can't read on this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember. I remember you saying that you looked at the gallery and then I got to some CGs later on. There was, was like, a CG oh, I saw. I literally almost fell out of my chair laughing so hard. I need to find out what that one was because uh, I, I didn't. My, think Minecraft. Oh my god, I saw that one! Yeah, I, oh, I saw that. I went and looked up the CGs for this game and thinking, yeah, horny. Okay, good. Let's go. Getting it. She's doing her thing. Fucking Minecraft, girl. What? <laughs> I fucking. I almost fell out of my chair when I saw that shit. I I am not fucking exaggerating. It's very good. I'll put it in chat. I actually saved it. Oh my god! I'm gonna put not in not in my Twitch chat. Sorry, Twitch chat. You'll just have to trust me on this one. But yeah, I <laughs> saved it. I saved it because it, it's fucking died laughing. Yep. Um. <laughs> this one. This one's just very. The 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 characters are also fucking fun. I think. Um. <laughs> Go look. There you go. Rhett, go look. Uh, I, I am speechless. <laughs> That's not what VR looks like to me. <laughs> she wants you to put on the VR headset doing sex. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. Internet. I'm sorry, chat. I'm sorry, people that are only listening to the audio portion of a show. But, you know, this, mm. is, just, this is just one of those things where you're just going to have to go look at the hentai gallery for Donna, for Dona Dona. And, oh, uh, boy. And get, and get ready for get ready for some shit. But the, the image that I just saw, like, you, might, you, might, you might might reflect poorly on me. Well, my... actually, you don't have to get ready for some shit because defecation is the one thing not in the tag. Hey, there you go. There you go. Got a porn game and no defecation. Thank God. Thank Christ. Um, so yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with this one. I, I think it would still. I don't think it would be. I don't think it would quite crack my top three. Mm. Um, okay. But I. But I, I was still, wondering where game of the year was going to land this time. I'm still not, up in the air. I think Eventical has a strong. I think Eventical has a stronger Wait. concept. Oh, yeah. but that was last year. Yeah, I, I, I love the, I love the running the brothel premise, just systems wise, and that was where I got a lot of the fun out of the yeah. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, event as like a narr- as like a narrative, the premise of, I, I want to marry, I want to become a knight so I can marry as many, many beautiful girls, is just very, it's very compelling, and I think that I think with Dona Dona, like the premise of like fighting Shinra doesn't really have that clean tie to um, the the porn game theming the way that Eventicles does. Right. Where it just ties the ties that the the poly the poly um, the dream poly cool quest yeah. directly into the um, <clears throat> the overall quest very nicely. 
Alice is great. Um, it'll be fun to see. I guess, I guess now I can get back. I can finally get back to Trails to Azure. Oh, wow. It's, it's about time. <laughs> I thought time. you were going to say Rand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I was like, I was staring down. I can do Rant 6. I can do a Venicle 2 or I can do Dona Dona. And I had to follow my heart. But now I'm just like, now I can do Rant 6 or I can do a Venicle 2. Oh. <sighs> RPGs are so good, y'all. Rhett. What else have you done? I watched some anime. Ah! No more RPGs. Anime. anime! Anime! You didn't talk about that on this show? I actually played a couple RPGs, so I didn't talk about it immediately. Mm. Um, obviously, because of Xenoblade and starting Trails of Cold Steel 4, I haven't been watching as many anime. Oh, wow. You're starving over here. But I watched here. a couple shows I just want to mention real quick. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching... I don't want to completely ruin the name of this. Uh, Joe Shiraku. Uh, the Jap- the English title is Rakugo Girls. Mm-hmm. This is a comedy about girls who are like, basically, it's kind of a Japanese version of stand-up co- comedy, like Rakugo, mm-hmm. where you kneel on a stage and like do a conversation between two characters. Yeah, yeah. They don't really do that in the show, though. It oh. just starts, like every episode just starts with them ending a segment and like they get like five claps. Like a sign, like, like an episode of Seinfeld where they always got it's, like a little bit of <laughs> the stand up at the start and the end. This show really kind of reminds me of Seinfeld in a weird way oh, because it is just interesting. Because it is about these girls who are essentially comedians, and then each episode they go backstage and then they just have conversations that get wild. I just had the worst it, idea. <gasps> oh, oh, it's no. this show. Anime, right, right, anime right, girl George Costanza. I'm gonna yeah, type that yeah. one into Google. No, 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 no. That's a pretty bad idea, Polly. I will say. <laughs> like so. Anyway, so this show, I think explaining comedy is really hard to do. Other, yeah. So I'm just gonna say I really like this show. I think it's very funny. It's also very Japanese a lot of the time. Okay, I was going to say, is it like anime Japanese funny, or is it funny, or is it like more (laughs) recognizable toward like an English speak, like is this like an English speaker kind of funny, or is it like you kind of need to be in that culture to kind of get it? It definitely goes back and forth. There's episodes, like each episode is like three chapters, like Mm -hmm. very distinctly like okay we're doing this segment now like each episode says like part one part two part three Mm -hmm. usually the middle one is extremely japanese focused Mm -hmm. either like location name puns or like just word punning in general a lot of that does admittedly go over my head the localization does its best Mm -hmm. and i think the localization is like the sentai subtitles they are doing the best they can with some complex japanese word puns yeah com- like japanese comedy is yeah. ridiculously hard to localize like kudos like, to them for even taking on something like this because yeah. that is that is a nightmare project so i feel a lot of the time it's very much not translating what they say but the intent of what they yeah, say yeah but then because the show will have visual gags they still have to you be have like to kind of like still tie well, it back the pun still ha- like the answer to this pun still has to be a dog because we show a dog on screen at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, <laughs> so there's a lot of like finagling to get things to work, and some of it doesn't really. But a lot of the humor is still just like completely absurd, relatable stuff that isn't 
super steeped in Japanese culture or wordplay. The clip you like, played was you you posted was very good. The way it just there's an episode where one of the girls keeps falling asleep and everything she mutters in her sleep comes true, <laughs> and it just <laughs> escalates to them becoming idols, becoming brides to an Arabian <laughs> prince, a bunch of other stuff like six minutes prior that I didn't show where it's just like the build up, And then at the end they go, this is all a dream, isn't it? And they just fucking disappear. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shit. That was like, that was the moment where I'm like, this is what the hell? This was kind of a masterpiece. Like I just didn't see that coming. I wish they had gone further with that joke and just not had the ending right, with right, them right, in right. it. Like just have either the song play with no vocals or just not have the animation of them in the ending. Mm -hmm. Like that would have been so there's one gag where one of the girls just gets forcefully graduated <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, no. Like again, these are supposed supposedly like adult characters. They don't give ages, but they're, you know, comedians so they're probably like 20s yeah and then all of a sudden it cuts to like a high school graduation and they're sending her off and she's like wait what and then the episode just ends <laughs> and at the end at the start of the next episode it's just the four and not the one girl that graduated <laughs> they so they go with that for like five minutes and then she's outside the room like let me in bastards i'm still here <laughs> This is so the reason I watch this show is because it has one of my favorite gags of all time where it's the 40th of April. <laughs> they, they just have a calendar that says April 40. April 40. <laughs> and they're playing it totally straight. And watching the show, you realize the reason is because one of the girls gets seasonal depression during May. So to cheer her up, they act like it's they April act as like long it's as they April can. April as long as they can. That's so good. <laughs> So then they start talking and they they go in a big circle and then they find out that kind of the one girl who's the punchline of all of all the jokes, she's the one that actually gets depressed during May. <laughs> so the, it, so it ends with them being like, today is May 45th. <laughs> so they reversed it. They're making May last as long as they can yeah. <laughs> to spite her. <laughs> so I think that's a good summary of that that's, show that's pretty good this sounds like something i might check out yeah i like this also i was kind of amazed because something about the speaking style and the comedy it made me go oh this reminds me of sayonara zetsubo sensei oh and then i wow. looked and okay. it's the same fucking author okay that makes sense but like i haven't watched that show in like the last season was 2009 yeah it's been over a decade, and I fucking instantly picked up on that cadence. That, that cadence, like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was like, wow, right after having the uh, Orbital Children and uh, Deno Coil connection pop yeah. out to me immediately. Yeah. To have that happen again with another like decade gap, I was like, damn, I am a little too tuned into some of these. <laughs> we, so all, we, all like, gotta yeah. we all gotta have a passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are more shameful yeah. passions. <laughs> uh, another show I watched was called The Demon Girl Next Door. This is a very light comedy. It's the one I watched first, but then mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that was cute and kind of funny. And then I started watching Rakugo Girls and it was like, oh, but this one's actually, actually for real. Funny. So like, yeah. This is kind of like Devil is a part-timer level, huh? 
Yeah, it was very much a, like <clears throat> there's more story. Like there's no story in Rakugo Girls, right? Because it's just absurdity happening. This one is very much story focused, and that's what kind of what I latched onto. It's a 15 year old girl wakes up, and all of a sudden she's got demon horns and a tail, and her mom is just like. Oh right! I never told you we're part of the demon <laughs> clan. You're, and your and your powers have awakened. That's some now, Teen Wolf shit. <laughs> uh, we need you to collect the blood of a magical girl to revive our our clan. <laughs> Good. And so she immediately meets a magical girl, and who is incredibly powerful. Like if you <laughs> punch her, she just won't flinch at all. She's just like a rock. She holds up her arm and stops a truck. Oh, okay. But she's very chill. She knows about this, and, and the whole show is actually about them becoming friends. Of course, yeah. Th- I knew that this, there wasn't going to be an actual like pursuit here. <laughs> okay, I think either my internet is dying okay, or yours I heard is. It too. I heard you. Oh, you're probably robot. Oh, poly, we're roboting poly. a little bit. Okay. okay, I hear you now. Well, it'll be fine on your recording. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, we're good. You didn't robot at all. It's just I okay. saw I saw Twitch kind of go a, a poop itself yeah. a little bit too. So we're fine now. We're yeah. green again. We're good. Yeah. So the show is about them becoming friends and kind of trusting each other, and yeah. it's very Yuri adjacent. It felt very. It was very good. They're, they don't make a the, hard commit, but they're no. They're you know yeah yeah. Um. It's funny because it is very clearly season one is volumes one and two of the manga, mm-hmm. and then season two is volumes three and four. So the big emotional climax happens at the end of volume three in the middle of season two. So then there's six episodes left where it just kind of fucks around for a bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then it ends. Of course. Because like, oh, okay. adaptations, of course. Yeah. But I was glad I waited for both se- for two seasons to be out yeah. to get, because the end of season two is like all set up. So being able to just immediately start season season two and was like, oh, okay, payoff. That's good, too. Because <laughs> there were like two years between the seasons and it just immediately starts with a big recap because it's important what happened at the end of season one. Mm, that's funny. Uh, and then I watched... Actually, I, I did these in backwards. This is a show I was watching during the April... or April, April. August vacation. <laughs> Not August. Got my A's confused. Um, I watched a classic anime guest, Nodame Cantabile. Oh, I might be... yes. Yeah, okay. John's been the waiting for walk. this one. Huh? The wifey walk one. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the, the wife. The wife entered the wifey smile and then the wifey walk. <laughs> Nodame, the character, is great. Mm-hmm. I is don't she have a... She's the wifey. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a whole lot else good to say about this series mm-hmm. by the end. Hmm. You see, this is great because I got to watch this whole journey play out. How many seasons of this are there, Rhett? Uh, three. Uh, how many volumes of manga are there? Uh, is it 15, I think? Ooh! How much of that did you read again? The last two. Okay. Oh, wait, no. It's 20. It's 25 volumes. Oh, my so you God. Watched, you, watched, you watched three seasons. You watched. Was there any specials or ovas? Did you oh, that? there's like. There's at least four total. This okay. is a 2007 I, I, anime, though. Like, 2007 was the banger year. I thought for sure. So, I, I'm okay, just couching everything I need to, you say. Hold on, I need to close my window. It just started pouring out. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
I'm couching everything Rhett says in the fact that A, I really want to watch and like the show. Uh, and B, any negative thing he says is couched in in like a week and a half, in like two weeks, watching three seasons and a bunch of Ovas <laughs> and reading the manga to finish it off. <laughs> so I was watching season one in the middle of my vacation mm-hmm. where I was, you know, tackling like five things at once. And I thought, oh, this is pretty good, but it's like not a very marathonable show. Uh huh. Because it is kind of a light, easy paced romantic comedy. So I put it on the back burner and then I was watching it like before work, like one or two episodes a day. And it felt good in that way. And I post, I sent John a few screen caps and he seemed interested in it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny because like I recommend a lot of stuff or most of the stuff I talk about on the podcast is like, you know, I'm giving a thumbs up. Yeah. Like I would say, go watch this. Yeah. Where this, the one show I'm like, you know, this one's kind of mid. John is immediately like, ooh, I want to watch that. <laughs> and at the time I said, oh, it's it's a romantic comedy. Oh. And even in the middle of season one, when I said that, I was like, but it's kind of not. So I guess I haven't talked about story or characters at all. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm a little distracted right now because it suddenly started raining very hard outside. <laughs> it happens. So all of a sudden there's this like loud noise. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hitting that window hard, baby. It is. <laughs> um, so it's about season one is a, a music college and there's, you know, a bunch of students and the main character, uh, Chiaki, he's just good at everything. He's a very perfect protagonist. He plays uh, violin. He plays piano. But his real aspiration is that he wants to be a conductor. Mm hmm. And like all the girls think he's super hot, <laughs> <laughs> which you so can relate to. You can relate. Very to. sound, very sound euphonium. See, I thought this is much more of a John style protagonist, like Sword Art Online or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't find him super compelling because he never felt like he, I. Oh, I think he also comes from a rich family. Oh, like they're really just setting everything up for him to have no obstacles. Right. It's literally the John protagonist. Exactly. So it I did feel, feel... I, I, mean, I find these characters the most relatable. <laughs> yeah. Because I also go through life facing no obstacles. <laughs> so you may like him, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he meets this girl, Nodame, who is really good at piano, but she's like chaotic and rough with it. Like her tempo is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Her technical skills are really good, but like nobody can play with her because she's just wild, pure energy. Mm hmm. I like um, players like that, by the way. Like when I when I encounter yeah. people like that as players of any instrument, I really admire mm-hmm. that kind of chaos and like not always being yeah. perfectly unbeat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things progress; they become pretty close. Um, season one at the music college has a lot of side characters that I thought were enjoyable, and then it really becomes much more about the music in the back half where like Chiaki's kind of focusing on transitioning over to being a conductor and she's, you know, studying music more. And there's a lot of performances like, oh, this is the big thing coming up for us. And it just kind of effortlessly glides past them happening without a lot of stakes ever feeling present. Very different from sound euphonium. Yeah, because you're the one that made me realize that where it's, you said, oh, it's sound euphonium without the stakes. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it, where everything just kind of happens and then 
like I think it is probably much more realistic where like it's not these uh hyper dramatic high school kids thinking the their performance is like the life or death for them where it's just like yeah this is this is the thing we're doing next week we're we're practicing pretty hard but it's not like the end of the world or anything you know mm-hmm. but you know that's really fun to watch when it's but it's really, really fun it's more fun to watch when the characters are, are really super invested. hyper invested in it yeah, yeah 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 so i was like the show's not bad enough to drop, but I'm not going to sprint through it. I'm just going to watch it at a leisurely pace. And then I did cry at the end because a big, pretty big <laughs> thing happens. And I was like, okay, I, I clearly still like this show. So let's watch season two. Uh, so season two, pulling up the mail page, was one year later, 2008. And story-wise, this, th- this season did a thing I didn't love in that... Every character gets replaced besides the main two. Oh. Because the characters have now left Japan. They're in Paris. Yeah. Ooh. So the entire side cast changes. I don't like that at all. Like, I get why for the sake of the story, but having to introduce and build in a whole new cast. A whole new cast, yeah. Was rough. And then it's 11 episodes plus however one or two OVAs and it takes place over a year. So like you're introducing new characters and then the next episode is like three months later and you're just like, Oh, whiplash, like stuff's just, it felt at times like a cliff notes version of events because yeah, Mm -hmm. when these episodes are being set like months apart, like again, it is, Stuff happening, the character's not really reacting super strongly to it, and then think life moving on. Mm-hmm. So season two, and it's funny, I've seen people say, oh, season two is the best one. And I'm like, this is where the show lost kind of started to lose me. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of comes and goes. And then there's season three. Uh, sequel. Season three is 2010. Oh, wait. Yeah, season three is 2010. So a thing happened in 2009 is that the manga ended. Okay. And uh, season three got delayed into 2010. I think it was supposed to end, you know, closer to 2009 and like late 2009. So they named season three finale. It is the finale of the series. Mm -hmm. And it's much more a continuation of season two because they're still in Paris with that cast that I never grew to like as much as the original. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And the romance is still progressing at a fucking glacial pace. And then I found something out right before I finished it. And I was a little like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Is that people don't like the ending (laughs) because the ending is bad. Uh Like usually with anime fans, a lot of the times when people online, I feel don't like something, it's because something like, Oh, it was insulting to the audience. Yeah, or, or it didn't it, end the way they wanted it to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if if this show ended with them breaking up, I would have been fine with it because it would have been something happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, there there is a big arc that happens towards the end, but then it kind of resolves, and then the show just ends in a literally extremely weird spot. And I checked the manga, and that is where it ends. Just, like, in the middle of a performance. What? <laughs> I, I, I kind of just laughed when the words like 
in the because in the anime it's all fl- has a bunch of flourish like a ribbon comes up and the word fin se- comes up and i'm just like <laughs> oh, no. you're just putting a bow on what feels like a, a regular scene and <laughs> saying this saga oh, has gone for three seasons God, this is it that feels fin. so bad <laughs> And then there's one like eight minute OVA afterwards <laughs> that is not a sequel at all. It's just like a comedy thing. Oh so that doesn't, my god! That didn't ease the pain at all. So I saw a lot of people saying did not like the ending at all, and I thought, oh man, I wish if I'd known that before watching three seasons, Oof. might have never invested in. Right, to begin with. that's a heavy fucking investment. So that's not where this story ends. Oh no! Yeah, nope. Oh no! Because there's so I wasn't going to talk about it on the podcast, be, but the story gets so ridiculous. So I was like, "Well, this is just funny to talk about." Okay. So season three was conceptualized as airing in two thousand nine. Oh, is it really two thousand nine? God, that's so old. Oh, two thousand nine with the end of the manga, and then it got pushed into two thousand ten. In that you know six to nine month gap. The manga author was like, actually, what if I do a little bit more? Uh-oh. So they wrote 10 more chapters after the end of the anime. <laughs> but the anime said, no, we're done. That was Finn. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> so there's two volumes of the manga that aren't animated whatsoever. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's why... Against my manga, no manga policy. Yeah, you, went and, watched, you, you policy. went and read some manga. I went and read some manga, and I'm not going to trash on it too much because I'm just not a manga reader, but obviously the experience was significantly different going from, you know, animation and voice acting and color <laughs> to a show that is music about music. Uh, for a show that's also about music. It's so funny in the manga when they just put the name of the piece oh, they're playing that's weird <laughs> so i'm going on youtube to just to play the song and, and feel like and read the panels <laughs> so i will say the uh the extra chapters known as like opera hen they do one thing that i like is that the characters go back to japan so a lot of that initial cast comes All back right. yeah the good characters so it's like it did so it's like again this was like a finale or a sequel that wasn't originally sp- in the cards mm-hmm. where they just decided after ending the manga and like the last two volumes originally got like a different manga name, like, Oh, this is no doubt my cunt to be an opera hen. And it's, it might've been in a different magazine as well. Like it was a sequel series, Oof. even though it ended up only being two volumes. So it felt more like a proper finale yeah. ending. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. And then in 2016, <laughs> The author did one more one-shot chapter. (laughs) So I thought the ending of Opera Hen into the 2010 sequel was fine. And then Opera Hen, or I'm getting the names mixed up, sorry. The one-shot in 2016, it felt more like finale like it takes place like five years later, like a little bit of aftermath Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. resolution. And then it ends in a way that people also still hate. Oh, good. (laughs) This author's really just knocking it out of the fucking park. This 
the author is as non-committal as Chiaki oh, is. Oh God! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just not the story people wanted from this. <sighs> Again, this is actually a pretty beloved series. I'm sure a lot of people are fine with it, but I saw a decent number of like, didn't like the endings. And then which ending, which of the three endings you're talking about? Oh, that one. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. Cause you know, it, it ended and then it ended two volumes later and then five <laughs> years later, for, for real ended. <laughs> so they've had, they've had three shots at the ending. Right. And I'm not sure they hit any of them. Fucking shit, man. This was, a, this was a saga. Thank you very much for sharing this with us, Rhett. Uh, so, Polly, what have you been up to? Hey! I played a video game. Bring us home, Polly. I played a video <laughs> game. I played nine hours of Soul Hackers 2. Ooh. I don't want to talk about Soul Hackers 2 that, right now. That's less than Trails of Trails I, of I, I like Soul Hackers 2 so far. I like Ringo's legs a lot. Just saying. You know, there's always, if, as long as there's just a cute girl, Man, you can kind of listen, find some motivation. Listen, fan artists, please. I need all the fan artists in the world to get me, like, the good shit. Like, Ringo is incredible. Incredible design. Great looking girl. Look at those legs. Please, I want you to go look I, at those I've legs. I've seen them. They're very They're good. very long. Oh, Ma'am, please. <laughs> A little bit of land of the lustrous energy, honestly. A little bit, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm liking Soul Hackers, too, so far. It's pretty dope. Cool. It's got it's it, it's got a lot of that kind of like oh we're 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 definitely <laughs> taking some inspiration from our persona design and 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 stuff here. It's very it's very stylish, mm -hmm. uh, but it is very also Shin Megami Tensei adjacent. Which it's funny mm -hmm. because the original Soul Hackers was a Shin Megami Tensei game, but they removed that from the Soul Hackers two title. Huh. Just interesting, you know, you know. So you have not dropped this one? No, 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 no. I like this game a lot. I just, oh, okay, I'm just, cool. I'm just not in the mood to play video games right now. Yeah, like I, I the, the nine hours or so that I have played of Soul Hackers two so far, I'm digging it. I like it a lot. I like the setting. I like the characters. I think it's just really, really well done so far. So yeah, it's just, it's just like, oh, I'm just not video game mood. I was kind of just throwing back to the first segment there. You know, it's just like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't want to fucking talk yeah. about the video game because I'm going to talk about <laughs> no the anime. I'll talk about the anime that I watched. Yes, Ooh, yes, yes. More anime. More, more anime. A double dose of me doing like anime segment. How wild is that? That doesn't happen very often. So wild. That does not happen very often. I wa this was one that like came out like I, I saw the previews for last year and was like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to watch that, but I am not watching that until it is done because they literally <laughs> were like, hey, we're not finishing in our first core and then we're going to finish in our second core. Except we're not going to because we're going to have a lot of production issues and then we're not actually going to finish until March of 2022. <laughs> it was a full year for 26 or so episodes. Yeah, they, they had a lot of production issues in the back half. Like the show basically became bi-weekly for a while and then they ran out oh. of time slots. So oh. they could not finish. That uh, last episode was like three months later. Yeah, the last two episodes. Oh, was it two? Episodes? It was two. God. <laughs> 20, 20, yeah, 2020, 22 and 23 were both this year in March. So, yeah, I watched 86. 
So, Ooh. 86 is an anime based on a series of a bunch of light novels, which oh, I boy. know, I know what you're saying. An anime based on a light novel in 2022? What? <laughs> Who the? Anyway, uh, this show is, um, it, it basically centers on a war between uh, the Republic of San Magnolia and the Giardian Empire that's been going for about 10 years or so. Um, this is a war that is fought by seemingly autonomous machines of the Empire, and the Republic has, has their own unmanned war machines called Juggernauts, uh, and those are controlled by a handler who operates uh, them from like an operations room. This was kind of like a video game in a way, so they never see actual combat. And, like, and the good news is that the Republic gets to broadcast every day that due to the nature of, you know, unmanned vehicles and autonomous robots, this war has sustained exactly no human casualties! <laughs> Hooray! Uh-oh! Asterisk time! Asterisk. Big ol' asterisk. Here we go. At the start of the war, the Republic funneled most of its citizens into 85 protective wards except all of the people that don't have white hair and fair skin. Uh-oh. Uh-oh! The Uh-oh. Republic did a big racism! It's so on <laughs> so, so anyone that's not white-haired or fair-skinned was shipped to the 86th Ward beyond the walls to fight the Empire's Legion units. And, 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 and since the Republic literally changed the definition of human being to describe only those with white hair and fair skin, any 86s that die don't actually count as human casualties. Not a human casualty if you're not human. And that's the very grim setup for this series. We are the monster rats. And there's a there's a lot more going into this. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole side of what's going on, the Giardian side of things too. But I'll save that because I'll, you should watch the show and find out yourself. Like what's going on over there? Because a lot of this stuff is real fun to watch, kind of play out in real time. Um, so. Um, at the, the the beginning of the show, we take the point of view of one of the Republic's handlers. Uh, again, she's the, the 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 person who will watch over these quote unquote unmanned <laughs> units uh, of the Republic. Uh, she, she is Lena, and she is assigned the command of the Spearhead unit, which is basically the unit that sees kind of like the worst of the worst of everything, like the most casualties. The most cruelty, like, uh, just nearly everyone that's been in control of this unit, they either quit immediately or they commit suicide. Oh. Due to, like, the realities that they have to face in doing so. Um, Lena is different. She is a girl with a conscience. (laughs) She's a girl with a lot of heart and a lot of conviction. She knows what the Republic is doing, and she will fucking tell anyone and everyone that will listen (laughs) 
that, hey, those aren't unmanned units. We literally sent people there to be in those units and they're dying every day. But it's so comically fucking racist that nobody in the Republic sees these people as people. Um, and, and, and on the other side of the coin, we have the leader of the spearhead unit. That's a character that um, I think most people in the show refer to as Shinigami or Reaper. Uh, his real name. Reaper. His real name is Shinya, and um, he's like the best of the best. You know, he's fought in this war for like five, four years or so. He survived this long. He's you know like he's taken it on as his duty to make sure that if anyone is left on the battlefield critically wounded that he's the one that will put a final bullet in them so that oh, Jesus. they don't have to suffer or they don't end up having their brains stolen and tossed into Legion units. Because that's another thing, is that, um, like, the uh, Legion... Thanks, so thanks so much for the raid, Junkyard Dave. Uh, yes, thank you for the raid, Junkyard oh, Dave. Uh, in the, <laughs> yeah. just, 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 we're doing a podcast, so apologies, I couldn't jump <laughs> on that, by the way. No, no but always welcome. Thank you so much, Junkyard Dave. Always, always a pleasure. Uh, but yeah, like uh, when, 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 when people die in the battlefield or when they're critically wounded in the battlefield, it's imperative that we don't leave a body behind, especially one with a functioning brain, because all these, u- these autonomous units uh, apparently steal brains and then adapt to, 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 to human-like logic and use that against us. So we can't have that doing. So this guy takes it on his shoulders and like he goes to those units and he kills them and he takes a piece of their unit and brings it back and sort of creates like a makeshift dog tag and he has this box of like 500 people he's had to do this for uh, and he carries it with him everywhere he goes uh, and that's kind of like the weight that that dude carries mm-hmm. it's it's really rough it, 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 it's uh, like wow okay dude's got a lot going on um, so the the first half of the show uh, it, it does this wonderful kind of balancing act of bouncing back and forth uh, between uh, Lena and Shen's perspectives uh, during like these same moments in conversations or during battles. Um, and the director did some like amazing visual and audio work to sort of emphasize just how these different, just how different these two viewpoints are, because like that's going to sort of be like what builds here uh lena like despite her place as being one of their oppressors she does everything she can to like ensure that like the 86 is safety um even though like all of her superiors continue like reminding her like oh Mm -hmm. hey like these these are just expendable pigs like what are you doing why do you care Mm -hmm. so much you know And, and it's awkward as shit you know, but she manages to sort of build this this functioning relationship mm-hmm. with these characters that are under her command. And, and, and though they tell her, like, you know, like, you will never truly be one of us, you know, but, but there's this mutual respect that kind of gets built uh, along the way that, like, feels really natural. Like, where, like, they're, they're still like, look, like, we know we're still your tools of war, you know, but, like, the fact that you still see us as human... It, it does count as something, despite the fact that you are still you're still one of our oppressors. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're not changing much. Like it, it, and and like this whole like first half of the show is full of amazing, amazing direction. Um, 
where we constantly flash back and forth, like I said, between those two instances of like, you'll hear this conversation or see this battle from what from from his side, and then you'll see mm-hmm. it from her side. And like one of my favorite directorial moments is like the first time she witnesses him having to put someone down in the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's really poignant because when he goes to do it and we see it from his side, he goes up, he puts his hand inside the unit, and we know we're, we know he's going to pull the trigger, and it's completely silent. There's no audio at all. And we just see the muzzle flash, and that's it. But when we revisit that moment at the start of the next episode, we see it from her side, and we hear just like that ugly gun sound. of really, It's just very visceral and ugly and to the point. And what I think that, like, the director was trying to show there is that, like, he's become so desensitized to this that he just, it doesn't register for him anymore. But, like, when we see it from her side, it's this big, poignant thing where the realities of what's going on here are just cemented in her brain uh, of what he has to do and what he's carrying. Um, and, and, That's really cool. And and the, the the first half of the show is so well put together. There's so many great moments where they use insert songs in really incredible ways. Episode ten has this moment where we're seeing these moments flash by. It's just this constant stream of moments from like six or seven months from some from a different perspective. Um, and it's just like five or six straight minutes of these moments playing out that just like, it's very, very Mm. cool to see it in context. I think is one of the, it's one of my favorite, uh, I think it's one of my favorite moments in, uh, an anime ever where they're just kind of like, it's very girls last tourish in a way. Uh, that's kind of the vibe I got from it anyway, where it's just like, oh, it's just this very kind of like very real but also just very meaningful, very very emotional kind of moment. Um, and this sort of, like, happens after, like, sort of the first major climax of the show and where the show starts taking a turn to being something entirely different. Yeah. Um, because once the show hits, like, its first major climax, it, it does become something different. Like, the second half of the show, it takes a completely different dynamic, whereas, like, the first half we had this dynamic between Mm -hmm. lena and spearhead unit like that something else replaces that entirely and i feel like it really had to because while that back and forth with spearhead and lena it's great i think it, it it makes a really good setup and it's presenting a good viewpoint of like hey this person that's completely against this thing that she has to do but she's still doing it Mm -hmm. um I feel like there's only so much you can do with that dynamic. Like we know that she's very against this and she wants these people to be seen as human and she does everything in her power to treat them as such. But I feel that like this show has a very realistic and grounded look at how this stuff kind of works out. And in doing so, it knows that a story where Lena, who is, you know, just this white haired, fair skinned girl, (laughs) single-handedly saves the Republic from racism, it (laughs) would not work. It wouldn't work for a lot of reasons. You could write that story, but it would in no way be satisfying. Yeah, but it would probably get an Oscar. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So 
the second half of the show has to do something drastic and new. Yeah. And I think it makes that transition just fine. Despite the fact that, like, the second half, abs- it's, it's absolutely rot with production issues. Like, there's a lot of, there's, there's definitely a lot of, like, like, the production is not as strong. The direction is not as strong. There's a lot more, like, off-model animation happening. There's Like, like I said, this show became a bi-weekly show for a while. Uh, because it just it ran into so many snags. Um, it tones down on the action for much more of a an interpersonal story. Uh, like, we're looking more at the shit that Shinya's going through because he's, like had this role thrust upon him as, you know, a reaper and like having mm-hmm. to have put down so many people around him and what that means for how he view like how others view him and how he views himself and how he views people around him like if he chooses to get close to them what do they see him as like is he just, you know, their reaper of sorts? You know, is everybody destined to leave him behind? Um and it does a really good job of digging into that with him. And I really, really like that. But what I also really liked is this show, it, it introduces a fun new character uh, named Frederica, who at first you think is just going to be your kind of typical bratty, yeah. like 10-year-old girl. And, 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 and to a degree she is, that's how she's introduced. But due to her own circumstances, which get brought up very early and, and, and the things that she's had to deal with, she sees a lot of herself in Spearhead Squad and she sees a lot of herself in him and ends up forming this very warm bond with Shin, uh, especially, who at this point in the story, he needs like some kind of levity to his character and she like is able to kind of provide this interesting warmth that like even though he's still very stuck in his ways you can tell that she's making this gradual difference in him and kind of opening him up in a way that he may have not like felt before um and it's kind of a pretty straight shot to the end with this show really like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of roller coaster reveals and twists like I it definitely I, felt like a much more standard story yeah in like, the second half like it's comparable to attack on titan but without all of the weird twists and turns that attack on titan does right mm-hmm. that's sort of the vibe i got where it's just kind of like yeah kind of, it's like, kind of military fighting against this impossibly weird and strong enemy basically yeah Yeah. and and the story moves to its big climax like with a final boss and a pretty predictable in a pretty predictable manner like there there, there's a real good climax you get like the incredible catharsis with like the entire final episode i think that like that final boss fight is really really good and then you get that episode afterward where they start kind of introducing like reintroducing elements from the first uh half where yeah yeah and and they give you a moment like that you've wanted to see for 22 episodes and it feels really earned and emotional so Mm -hmm. like i thought that like this like despite despite the production issues that they ran into in that second half i think they were able to kind of get this story across in a way that felt really true to what they were trying to do it like and the story ends at a point where despite the fact that there are like 
10 more volumes of story yeah. after this? Yeah. They end at a point where you can conceivably stop and go, okay, I know how the rest of that plays out. It was funny looking at the forums and people being like, oh, this is where the story starts. I'm just like, yeah. And to this like, story. This, was all, go ahead. this is all set up for that one moment happening at the end. And it's a real good moment. Yeah. Like, I, I like, think that like, and I understand why some people would be disappointed with the second half. I understand because mm-hmm. like Lena is a very strong and awesome and very cool character. Uh, she's, to, yes. She I is, liked her a lot. I liked her so much from that first half and she's mm-hmm. just not in this second half a lot. And I understand why it's like when you watch the show, you understand why there's, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of point to her. Like, I feel that they could have done her sort of like, reintroduction early on in the season when we kind of catch up to what she's up to I think they could have done that with a little more panache Mm -hmm. I feel that it deserved a little more oomph especially like with the new title that she's given like I feel like oh like you know and like the changes that she's made to herself physically it's like oh like I feel they could have gone over that a little more and made that stick you know make that make that moment stick and land uh, and, and make mm-hmm. you feel that. Um, but I don't think that it in any way makes the show bad that she's not there because, like, the shit that Shin's going through and then the addition of Frederica and, like, what all of that means um, and, like, watching, like, the rest of that squad kind of, like, be able to grow beyond uh, and sort of become their own people, um, they do a really good job of balancing all of that. And, and it's just like, you know what, like, I, you might actually get me to buy, like, volumes four and five of this to see, like, mm-hmm. okay, how does this go from here? Because I, like... I definitely want to know where it goes from here. Yeah, like, I like, like, they leave you with enough, like, they give you enough catharsis at the end of this show to where, I like I said, I feel like you could stop here and you can feel like, okay, I got what I wanted and I can probably imagine where this goes um, because mm-hmm. I don't imagine this is going to get another season. I just kind of don't think that it's in the cards. Um, but I'm like, I'm willing to invest like 30 bucks into a couple of, uh, <laughs> into a couple more, um, light novels and see like, okay, what do we do from here? Because we have that, like we built up to this one big moment that we've wanted basically from the start, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they give us that at the end of the show, and it feels really good. What have you got beyond that? And, I, and I'm willing. I, I think I'm willing yes. to like. I, I'm willing to yeah. jump into this world. Yeah, like, and I like this <laughs> world and these characters a lot. Like, I really was thoroughly like I this the, the show is one that I looked at and immediately said, "This is me," and I want to watch this in the most optimal way possible. So I'm <laughs> going to wait until it is done. And I'm happy that I did because, like, sitting down and being able to, like, bi- I-, I binged the entire second half in one night. Christ. I, I saw did. that was like, yep. I did all 12 episodes in one night. Like, that was like, Beautiful. I'm buying a pizza. I'm sitting down and I'm just like, I'm all right. Anime. I'm watching a shit. Th- I'm watching six hours of anime and I had a real goddamn good time doing it. And like, this is a, a world and characters that are really interesting. Like, I think that 
uh, I'm on board with seeing, like, okay, like, where do you go from here? What do you have? Because it's obviously a story, I think, that could also fall into just, like, the Konosuba thing where you find a comfort zone and you can make it kind of like, okay, we're just doing this thing because we found a rhythm. I think mm-hmm. that this is a story that could easily lend itself to that because it does sort of have that Attack on Titan deal of like, oh, hey, we can just, like, have all of these cool military, like, operations and, like, these big fights, right? Um, but I'm more interested in what they would do character-wise, uh, because these like these characters are very interesting. There's a lot of cool things that you could do with them, and I'm like I would like to see like what the author has in mind after you get them to this first big climax that you made us want from the jump. So yeah, absolutely. 86 is cool as shit. That rules, Polly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one I like. Like I said, from the jump and from all the previews, it's definitely something that I'm here and I and I want to see. So you know, waiting it out and seeing it all through to the end in such a short amount of time, absolutely worth it. Killer. What about you, Rhett? Didn't you watch this one? <laughs> waiting for the shooter job. <laughs> you were waiting. Uh oh. Susie said. I I said to John like, yeah, I watched it and was like, I thought it was okay. I never talked about it in the podcast. And then, like, thirty seconds after that, you DM'd me also like, yeah, I noticed you watched this and never talked about it in the podcast. I think, think the words I- you used were intensely mediocre. <laughs> oh my sorry call, god! Sorry to call you out, <laughs> I don't know. This one just I don't dislike this show. Uh-huh. It just didn't connect for me. Hmm. I think, and it's weird because it was actually season one that distinctly lost me. What? Wow, like, that's the one that I thought had, like, the best direction and just, like... It's not even that, it's just the some of the story elements, and I don't even remember what they were. Like, mm-hmm. the Lena side, fine, perfect, loved it. That was the side I was totally invested in. There was just something about the 86 side and the way it was going so fast and they were dropping all these bombshells, mm-hmm. like what felt like they could have been bigger story revelations. Especially it's, like after the big thing where they kind of end up where they end up. This was like episode five or six, actually. Oh, I wow. forget what it was specifically. It might have been like the fact that the enemy robots are like taking people's brains mm-hmm. where the nature of the war that they're in was pushed to the point of you are so fucking fucked territory. Like (laughs) it felt like it was just laying on the despair so thick. I get that. that I I, get that. That, that I couldn't take it seriously anymore. I understand that. I just don't. Cause they are really fucked. (laughs) They are. They are like, like, and, and I think that like, I can like a lot of the time, like like watching this, I I had Attack on Titan kind of going mm-hmm. through my head, and like it's a similar oh you're fucking fucked, yeah. uh, situation. Um, and I'm wondering like what's different with Attack on Titan and this, like because I feel that they're both very similarly staked. L- like the stakes are very similar. Um, I don't know what it was specifically. Mm. I think season, but season one also in particular, I felt like on the 86 side, I didn't care when characters died because it was happening so fast. Yeah, it does happen a lot. And I think there's just a time skip towards the end where it's just like, oh yeah, everybody else. Yeah. 
you, they, now? they trim it down like there's a very clearly like a set of characters yeah. that are main characters that will go on to sort of define the rest yeah. of Spearhead Squad. Um, so like in the uh, and I think they make those first few deaths very meaningful. But afterwards, yeah. it does kind of seem like, oh, like, okay, oh, we snap back, yeah. and then, like, suddenly, like, there's five more people gone. Um, it was definitely like, oh, you're just speedrunning getting to the character cast that you actually yeah. want to write about. That is a not- completely fair, I get that entirely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. then in season two, it's just like, oh, you, the ones left, they got that plot armor now. You you were the chosen few. Yeah, yeah. Plot armor is definitely sort of. It's definitely an, a, a a criticism that I have seen mm-hmm. of uh, this show uh, yeah. from from other people actually. So yeah, that that makes total sense yeah. to me. So it's not like completely damning. I didn't hate the show. I obviously watched season two and I actually liked season two a little bit more because I had less issues with it. Mm-hmm. But then season two also dropped the Lenicide, which is the one I was more invested in. Right. Yeah. And, and then that. when you get back to her and the thing happens, <laughs> the thing you're desperately wanting to see happen. And then it cuts away from her for like the entire rest of it. For, and you're yeah. just like, like the most interesting thing I thought the story could have possibly shown doesn't get shown. Yep, you're absolutely, absolutely right. And they do it on purpose to to annoy me. <laughs> just for you! <laughs> oh, just to annoy me, for sure. It's like that fucking Godzilla movie from Gareth Edwards that cuts away, <laughs> that starts the fights and then cuts away. But, the that's, base, the that's basically what actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. It is a big action scene. Ugh. They were uh, like, oh, no, that's not in the budget. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, back half of that show. Production. <laughs> some production issues. I actually felt like I didn't really ac- actually notice production issues. I noticed a lot of uh, animation issues and and like um, with, with, with like there was definitely a lot of off model stuff happening. Mm. Um, yeah, I I tend to not notice off model for some reason. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like, yeah, it, it's definitely something that you will notice if you're looking out for it. But again, I think that the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 strength of the story is is enough that like also it didn't bother me. It's just something mm-hmm. that I noticed. Like like I said, like this is something that I'm thoroughly happy with. I'm I want to check it out beyond what is now mm-hmm. available, you know, with regards to there just being this anime available. So, you know, I will probably be checking out the next couple uh volumes of the the, the light novel because I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Like I think yeah. that there's a lot here. I think that they can do a lot of cool stuff with this overall story. I think that these characters are fascinating and now that we've got like a main cast that we know will be sticking around and, you know, oh, hopefully Hopefully, yeah. Like the, the it series, would be funny if, like, ten pages into the next chapter, they just kill somebody. Just, we just, just kill just somebody. Keep you on your toes. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Keep them guessing. Yeah. See, I remember. I remember, like, firing up an episode of Attack on Titan once, and like, literally thirty seconds in, somebody just gets fucking capped in the fucking head. Like, oh, okay. Attack on Titan definitely keeps you guessing. Yeah, you just never feel safe with anybody in that show. Yeah. Ooh. That's what I probably need to like rewatch before the final, final, final season goes. Final season part three. Yeah, final season part three. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. God, 
Yeah, 86 is dope. I liked this a lot. Um, awesome. That rules, Polly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think with that, we got ourselves a show. I think we got ourselves a podcast. I think we do. I think we do. Want to thank everybody for coming out. As always, you're always so lovely. You're always so beautiful. How do you do it? You're just so amazing. Don't know how you pull it off so consistently <laughs> all the time. Um, thank you for downloading, of course. Thank you for just always you know, hanging out, like listening to what a bunch of dumbasses like us are here to say. And so while the internet, or while Twitch decides that it wants to shit itself again, we'll go ahead <laughs> and try to get ourselves out of here. John Thayer, tell the internet folks at home where they can find you. Um, on faraway.times.itch.io, and I'm releasing a, a thing tomorrow. Oh shit! Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I wrote a I wrote a girls' love fic about um, Chisato and Takina from Licorice Recoil because I kept seeing art of them on Twitter. Um, I haven't seen the show, but someone told me that I got it very close. Oh so wow! Okay, you should, it, you should give it a lot. I made a bunch of original art for it, and there's music. It's it's a MIDI backed Web 1.0 site. Oh my god! It's it's a lot. That's <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yep. Rhett. Uh, my anime list. I don't know. Watch yep. more anime. Watch more anime. Watch more, more anime. Just when you think uh, you were getting away oh, from all the anime, boom! You know, I do. Gonna be like we're gonna have like John is just gonna watch anime the next time. I will yep. only have watched anime next time. <laughs> Rhett will only have watched anime next time, and it's just gonna like Rhett's gonna finally have the heart on for the anime <laughs> episode he's always wanted. <laughs> oh, we oh, did you do posted, it. You posted one GIF from, um, oh fuck, um, from Kaguya-sama, and I was like, is this an, is this another one? We're gonna talk. Oh, about actually, this thing, I, guess? I thought it was. Yep. Wait, did I? Yeah, you totally posted a gift. From oh, that's, I only I, I posted that as a reaction to a thing that happened to me. That was not uh, because that was a thing that I was watching. That was a thing that happened. And I was like, oh, my okay. God, I had an actual literal anime IRL girl reaction. Anime, <laughs> anime girl reaction. And yeah. immediately got Kage-sama because it's the most popular show in the world. Yeah, that like I, I didn't even know what it was from. I was just like, oh, hey, anime girl nervous. <laughs> so good. Yeah, let's go. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead where I do a bunch of stupid YouTuber stuff. Where do you find that? Where do you find that site? What site? Where where do you find that site? That twitch.tv site? Twitch.tv slash polyhead. That's okay. where I'm at. That's I where I'm to at. spell it out quickly so that because the so that the people in the chat would know where to find it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll be doing a, a birthday slash streamerversary stream. On the night of the 25th, a week from now, starting at 6 p.m., I'll be playing a bunch of games that are very special. You won't want to miss that. And I'll also Hell be yeah. talking. I'll be pulling people on to talk to them. And I'll have, like, open slots. There's some people I'm scheduling to be on. But if you want to be on, I'll probably have, be able to have you on and talk to you. It'll be fun. Be good. We're going to start that at 6 p.m., on the night of the 25th, because that's my VTuberversary. That'll be fun. So we're going to roll that together with my birthday. 
Uh, so we'll be doing that. So that that's that's all I've got going on. So oh my no. god, I just realized John is releasing a game on your birthday. Yeah, he's releasing a game on my birthday <laughs> tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but hey, remember as always, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.